0: going on motherfuckers welcome to the crocs and hot pockets podcast my name is knackers and today is sunday march 14th 2021 and it's a little bit earlier of a day today but that's because we got a friend from over the pond joining us so uh pond over the pot over the pond hi anyways his his name is rob dies a lot and uh good morning everybody how's it going dude hey dude thanks for having me hello people absolutely absolutely it's uh we've been trying to do okay uh, let me rephrase this we were supposed to do this a long time, but this is actually kind of a funny story because this is a real thing that happens in the content creation world. Rob and I had talked, maybe, this is pre-COVID, so probably like a year, year and a half ago. And uh, he was like, hey, we should do a podcast. I agreed. It was probably even more than that, probably two or three years. And yeah, I then- Life got away from me, COVID happened, and then I eventually was going to come back to Rob and say, hey man, you still want to do that podcast. However, Rob had blown up and got massive on Twitch, hit partner, and I didn't reach out for a few months because I didn't want to seem like I was the dude that only reached back out because he had blown up. And it took me a couple months to get over that that little fear, and then I hit him up and I said, hey, I just want to let you know, I'm not trying to chase that clout dick of yours. I'm finally getting around to having more guests on the podcast. We'd love to have you on. And he was like, sure, let's do it. Dude. I've been
1: looking forward to this for a whole two years. Like, I've, <laughs> I've, 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 been, I've honestly been stoked to finally talk to you because dude, you and me, we, I've always felt like we have so much in common and I love your content. Like this is an open love letter to Nick and I, cause he's doing an awesome show and I've always been a fan dude. So it, it's, it's an honor and privilege, sir. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. It, again, privilege to have you on as well. And
1: I'm, yeah, actually,
0: I'm glad that we waited a little bit too, because now I feel like we have some really good stuff to talk about. I think we can have some valuable conversation that would be important to the viewer. Um, I'd love to hear about Speechy, the creation of it, kind of working with plugins in the audio world. Um, so, do you have something you'd love to start with? Like, Do you have something that's like, on the tip of your tongue right now that you'd love to get into? Oh, Before we do that, introduce yourself. Tell everybody yeah, who we- you are, uh, where you live, how many family uh, members you have.
1: <laughs> okay, hello. My name is Rob. I'm a member of Anonymous Alcoholics. No, I <laughs> am a streamer on Twitch. I'm also uh, a guy who used to work uh, in the music studio, so I do have a lot of uh, audio background. I'm a, I'm a huge nerd for tech around streaming cameras. I've been doing some video shoots. I did some directing. I, I I put my finger in too many pies and eventually figured out that I just love streaming because it's, it, it's literally where all my hobbies and interests connect together and make perfect sense in what I'm doing. And yeah, I, I, I've been very lucky to have amazing success on Twitch because I, after three years, have decided to switch to a different language, which is not English because I'm not from... From the US or the UK. I am from a little place called Czech Republic. It's not Russia. It's not the Ukraine or anything around that. No Hungary. Czech Republic. You may know us for amazing porn. <laughs> Wait, I I want to say beer. And uh yeah, that's that's me in a nutshell, man. <laughs> Is there some truth to that last statement? Wait, the porn stuff? Yeah. Dude, yeah, we're huge. I think that we're like number three. I'm not even making that up, dude. Go go yourself. I will.
0: I will. Um, My, and I know you just said it's not Russia, but in my girlfriend's free time in her past life, she would always tune into these, uh, these apartment camera, the apartment live streams where Russian, like Russian oligarchs would rent out entire apartment complexes and just put cameras everywhere. And if you lived there, you paid, like, no rent, but had to agree to have your entire life broadcasted to the internet. She'd watch people fuck in the, in the kitchen, in the, in the living room, in the bathroom, like, wherever. She's like, love these Russian camp streams. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, dude. It's a lifestyle. It's an
1: amazing way to live. You know, it's, it's, rent is hard to afford these days, so I'm judging. Would I, you? part of that program, if you can get me in, Weenie,
0: <laughs> she's actually one of the oligarchs that owns it. Would you do that? Would you stay somewhere without having to pay rent if your entire life was broadcasted?
1: Yeah, you know what? If I could get away with banging under the sheets, probably yes. Okay. unless theres a, unless there's a tiny camera like at the bottom of the toilet because that wouldn't be a pretty sight. That I wouldn't be interesting.
0: Uh, mm. But the, can, when I say camera in every room, I mean like cameras in every room, bathroom, bed. There's there's no part of the house that does not have a camera. Yeah, I might do that. Sounds okay. good. Okay. The, thankfully, there's wigs and, and glasses and hats—the stuff that you could kind of disguise yourself enough. Because um, you know, what are the chances somebody somebody pops in and just says like, "Oh my God, that's Rob a lot from Twitch." <laughs> Yeah, those people would probably recognize me by my penis, anyways. So. Uh, yeah, I knew <laughs> he was, was hung hard. like a moose. Um, yeah, so that's actually that's one of the the first things that I wanted to get into is that watching you switch from language to language, um, and I I don't think that I knew that English wasn't your first language. Like when I first met you, like I knew you had an accent. I knew that you talked different than of course like because over here in the United States I think we talk pretty stupid a lot of the time so I'm like he sounds like a a little bit more articulate than I'm used to seeing on Twitch and then really yeah yeah. a lot of (laughs) the south covers a big part of our country so I'll just leave it at that uh there is there was it was crazy watching you blow up because something as simple as switching languages was was such a massive change for you It doesn't seem simple because I doubt that there's a lot of people that have thought, I wonder what would happen if I were to change languages. So can you walk us through that, maybe the thought process of that decision? What kind of led up to that? All right. So,
1: yeah, when I started streaming back in, I think it was the end of 2018. Yeah, about that. I really, really wanted to do it in English because I was like, hey, I I, I can speak the language. I think I'm pretty good at that. And also, I wanted to add some value (sighs) to just playing games. And, you know, playing games when you're, you know, ticking in on that 30th year of your life, it kind of feels like a waste sometimes. And I was like, yeah, I need to add some value to that. So I started streaming and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it in English. It's going to help me, uh, you know, practice, speak a lot more, m- meet new people like yourself. And yeah, it, it was it was a great journey. I'm very grateful that I did it. I do not feel like it was a waste. But after three years of doing it, I was just really not get, get, getting where I wanted to. I'm a very competitive and ambitious guy and I get depressed when I don't have results Mm -hmm. and uh, it it was a wild ride it was going up and down the whole time really and uh, then uh, last year I got in in touch with a guy with a community manager on Twitch for Europe I think they're from Hungary and he was like dude we love your streams I think you're doing a terrific job and we would like to help you promote your channel and I was like, hell yeah, let's do this. But he did not tell me that they are only going to put me, you know, on the Twitch promotion regionally. So I got promoted in Czech Republic. I was, I was doing streams in English. So I saw a bit of a jump. And you may remember this. There was this one time when I was suddenly streaming and I had 100 viewers I'm like, oh, my God, where yeah. did these people come from? It was the front page of Twitch. Like you literally open, open up the Twitch page and you have that carousal thing up there. And uh, yeah, that's where I was. And uh, I was doing this for eight months, six, seven, not sure. And uh, then my girlfriend actually was like, dude, are you sure you don't want to like, try doing it in Czech? Because there's a lot of people coming into your stream, but then they just immediately leave because they don't understand you. Right. And they don't, even, you know, there was, there was, there was the, it was the weirdest shit ever. There were Czech people coming into my streams and they didn't know I was Czech. And they, some of them figured it out and they were like, hey, this guy's kind of cool. I'm going to stay. But it was like maybe one in in 50 people. I, I don't know. I, I just, even though I had the promotion, it just didn't work very well. Okay. So I tried doing it in Czech and I did it for a month. And I was like, hey, okay, I'm going to try doing this 50-50. I'm going to do four streams in English and three streams in Czech. And guess what happened? Uh, my Czech streams were like... 60 viewers, 70 viewers, and my English streamers were eight viewers. I'm like, oh, shit, this is bad. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, I I still wanted to do it in English back then. Right. We're talking like uh, half a year ago. And uh, so back then I was like, okay, no, my dream is to streaming in in, in English. And uh, I'm going to switch back to just English. And I
0: did that. Even after seeing the numbers go up, you went back to English.
1: Yeah, I did that. I did because I felt like I was turning my back on the community that I built. Yep. Because imagine, right? I mean, you, you know this all, all too well yourself. You're streaming for eight years, right? Mm-hmm. And even if you build a small community, it's extremely valuable. And I really, really appreciate every single person coming back to my streams or just watching my content or anything or being on my Discord. And I was just like, dude, I can't, I can't do that. Like, I, I, I don't want to do that to, to the community and I don't want to do it to myself. And it felt like I was giving up, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I felt like I was settling down for less. Go n- going back to English,
0: or uh, or no, abandoning. No, no, no,
1: no. Yeah. If 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 I, I felt like if I do switch to Czech, I'm settling for less. That's what I mean. Gotcha. Okay. You know, even though my v- v- viewer counts were much higher, I felt like that's not the ultimate goal. That's... And also, in anyway, a Go ahead. You know, so, 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 sorry. Yeah, it kind of felt like a. Like, going in a completely different direction. Like, I cannot segue my way back into doing it in English the way I wanted to originally. Like, if I I go that way and do it in Czech, there's no no coming back,
0: right? Right. So, that's super interesting because, A, I'm glad that you had the selflessness to, to think about that, right? Because the after grinding, I hate using that word, but I, I know you and you are a, like when I hear people grinding, I'm like, okay, are you grinding or are you playing Fortnite for 12 hours? When I think about grinding, I think about your work ethic, the, the effort that you put into the production quality, um, the planning that you do beforehand, the scenes that you create uh, to see that success. And it's not like you were going from, your primary language to your secondary language. It was you were going from your secondary language to your primary, which should have been the right move. And you still felt bad because, like, man, I you know this community that I've built for three years. Uh, so I totally, totally understand that. But it it's surprising to hear that. Um, and that's crazy. That do you, do you think that the idea stemmed from your girlfriend originally? Well, like, was that the kick in the nuts to try and, and do check?
1: Yeah, I guess so. I guess okay. so. Because, uh, um, oh, shit. How do I put this? I'm a stubborn guy. And, Fair. Uh, and, you know, like, if if I set my mind on something like, I'm going to do it like this, I will do it like this 100% or I have failed. And it's been just putting me down in the dumps so many times, especially after I've decided that I'm still going to stream in English. And uh, it, it was a downward spiral. I was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm dying inside, but I'm still going to keep doing this until I I draw my last breath. You know, it didn't make any sense, but I was still fighting and fighting. But yeah, then eventually at the end of December, I was like, yeah, okay, it's either me quitting completely or just trying doing this just in Czech. And the original plan was, I'm going to do it for a month, just, you know, 100% dedicated to the Czech community. And then I'm going to see. And seven days in, I just knew that I'm gonna stay in, in, in the Czech language,
0: you know, <laughs> side of Twitch. What was the now when you were streaming in English and you weren't seeing the growth? What was the the biggest thing that stuck out to you? Like I'm not growing because of this. Well, like what did you think was your biggest roadblock at that time?
1: Hmm, I would say just too many people doing amazing stuff like every time when i was going live in english you know i was just before my stream before my streams i would just go and just visit buddies you know streamers that i've been watching and every time i was like holy shit! all these people are doing such a great such a great show and they're putting in so much work and you know, so many of them are more consistent than me. Some of them are much more interesting. At least that's what I was thinking to myself. And uh, also there's that little part of me that knows that even though I have a pretty good English, I'm still not native. So I, it, it, it's basically a bit of a disadvantage. I'm still streaming with a bit of a handicap. So maybe I was blaming all those things. Maybe just the saturation of the market, too many streamers being too great. And also I, I just felt like there's not enough viewers, even though on the international market, The number should be much higher, right? Sure. Oh, yeah. I I don't know if if, if it's necessarily true, though.
0: (laughs) It's I I really hate the term saturated. I I hate Mm. when people say the space is too saturated to me. I understand it from a statistical standpoint. I understand amount of streamers to amount of viewers is the ratio is probably a little bit off. But I feel that people use it way more often as an excuse as to why they can't grow. Um, And a lot of the times people will say Twitch is too saturated, uh, you know, but they also just want to be able to play video games and exist on Twitch, which isn't going to fucking happen anymore. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you if you were to do. The number one thing that you loved and live stream it, what would that be? Uh, probably tech. Okay.
1: Probably tech. Every time I'm streaming and I'm 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 in just chatting, I very easily drift away to talking about mics, cameras, <laughs> like all this bullshit. It, it, it feels like I'm streaming just for myself at that time. But there's there's always some people who who like that kind of stuff. But oh yeah, you know, you know uh like. You and me, we know great creators like, you know, Adam, Epos, Fox, and, you know, and all these people who are doing great tech, tech content. But I just feel like the, the audience for that is not as
0: high as I would like to have. Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah, w- tech. W- one of the th- one of the issues with tech and you have to be especially if you want to be like a tech educator is a lot of people will come by, get what they want from you, get their question answered and then never and come then back buy- again. Yeah. So you have to silently accept that. And I I really don't know what I'm going to do to combat that, because I know that that is always going to be an issue. I, I enjoy having a space where people can come to ask questions. But if, if that's all that I make my content about, then it's just going to be I'm going to be the brothel of mm. of people just asking questions. People come in, they nut and then they leave. And yep. to be honest, that's OK. Like, I don't. I don't look at people and go, man, they, they came and just got their question answered, then they left. Uh, like, if that's all that they do, that's on me, because I'm not providing any additional value for them mm. to come back. And that's that's totally fine. That's something that I got to figure out for myself. Um, yep. What. I've seen a lot and I'm sure that you've seen a lot as well when it comes to TikTok is you have these streamers that are basing their TikTok content around Twitch tips and giving tips, whether they're technological or logistical, you know, just trying to give people answers to questions and value. And then they think that the, the people will see the tips and go, oh, you actually know what you're talking about. And then they'll come to your stream and notice your stream isn't really centered around giving advice or or yeah. tech or education. You're actually just another gaming streamer. And so I'm wondering how that's going to kind of unfold in the coming years when the Twitch Tips uh, wave kind of dies down. And then it's just back to, oh, shit, I need to find a different way to get eyes on. And honestly, that's kind of a strategy is using the Twitch Tips thing to get more eyes on your content because that's the game, right? everybody's doing the same thing but we're all trying to fight for a way for people to see what we're doing because if they can see it then i get a bigger chance of people staying and enjoying it um but that's just something that i've noticed about the um the the tiktok twitch tips stuff lately
1: yeah but I've, I've generally had a really hard time bringing people over from tiktok to twitch yeah i mean oh yeah i didn't have as much luck or success as you did i i only got like I'm, I'm going to hit my 1,000 followers real soon. I'm <laughs> <laughs> worldwide. Anyways, I've had a really hard time bringing people over. And also, yeah, w- w- what you're saying, like sometimes you are very successful with the video that does not at all rep- represent what you're doing, right? Mm. Like uh, I, I still remember that your most successful TikTok is the one where you where you where you say something about that proxy setting in Windows. Yeah. by the by the way, that helped. That's a, that's a great tip. Thanks for that.
0: <laughs> I got a lot of yeah. shit for that from the the tech community. They were not happy. All right, wait, what was wrong with that? So there was there was a group of dudes who were convinced that it was a, a setting in my network that was triggering that on and off. They were like 100% convinced, like, this is not a computer problem. Like, the settings just don't turn themselves on and off in Windows. I'm like, this is Windows 10 we're talking about, right? We're talking about the same operating system. Job, dude. And they were like, nope, it's your network. And I'm like, okay, so if it's my network, then how come the other five computers on my network, all running the same exact operating system, all of them have the setting off? And I can't remember if my girlfriend had it on and off in hers, but they were like, first of all, there's a part of the the TikTok community that calls us uh, color streamers or uh, Twitch talkers, which is basically a phrase for streamers who try to give tech tips to other people. Like the super elitists are really, really proficient in a a specific area of tech. Then they see all these the color. Not and not colored by skin color as it sounds, yeah, but like the colored room, the LED, the RGB, all that shit. And um, yeah, they basically they rained hellfire on me for for spreading misinformation. But it's like the amount of people that came through and was like, yeah, this setting was on for me as well. I turned it off. I'm back to normal, and, the, and so it helped. But Twitch Talk, man, the, or the Tech Talk, excuse me, they'll, they'll come after your ass.
1: <laughs> great, man. You learn something new every day. I didn't know that. That's great.
0: Yeah and Good. I mean even somebody who does tech for their day job I mean there's so many little intricacies in tech that there's it's almost impossible to know it all unless you really study it. Um yeah. but yeah as far as the the TikTok conversion even having three videos hit over 100,000 views I've probably seen in chat four people, four or five people yeah. that have actually um come into the channel while live and i've seen i've seen follow like you'll have a tiktok blow up twitch follows will just well and then you just Mm -hmm. won't see them because that conversion is really really difficult yeah yeah.
1: well uh, you know i like to think about it that it's just building a brand you don't you don't necessarily need to convert people to be your followers on twitch Mm -hmm. but you're out there you know people see you next time they they may be browsing twitch and they'll be be like oh hey I, i saw that bald guy on 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 TikTok and he's great. Yeah, I'm gonna follow him. Maybe give him a sub. So you never know. You never know. And especially in, you know, doing that's that, that was a big thing for me to adjust to doing my content in Czech. Suddenly, you know, there's 10 million people in Czech Republic and there's then there's Slovakia and the communities are kind, kind of just like, you know, connected. And uh suddenly I realized that yeah, just being out there is more important than getting that action from, from people like following or just
0: yeah, that. And there's also the uh, the danger of chasing the numbers, too, of being like, oh, I've got these numbers now, and now I need to create this type of content that I don't actually love. And now I'm stuck creating the content that I don't love. Um, as far as the Czech Republic goes, how like what percentage of the country do you think are fluent in English? Is it common to have English as a second language? Ooh, well that's a tough
1: one because there is like me uh i'm a 90s kid and every kid in like my generation we just uh we just got english in like third grade elementary and and, and we really started learning english really early on okay. you know our parents used to learn russian because we was part of that side of the world and suddenly you know, stuff opened up and everyone in the 90s just started picking up English. And I feel like there is a lot of people who are really fluent in, like, you know, grammar and stuff like that. And my grammar is shit. But a lot of people have a very, like, very thick accent.
0: And you will know it when you hear it, you know? <laughs> you sound very fluent in English. Like, yeah,
1: I'm, I'm good at faking everything, man. <laughs> and orgasms, name it.
0: By the way, can you hold up your, uh, your arm tattoo for the, uh, for the oh, camera? Yeah. I, I don't know if anybody that because this is one of the first things that we realized that we had in common aside from the beard and the bald head um
1: well, we'll but, stay like that stay like that for a second
0: I, I don't have a fucking hat in here yeah yeah take it's the hat off that, but, uh... <laughs> <laughs> there's a fucking thumbnail that's yep. too good um was it Fielafar's stream that initially introduced us
1: I think I saw you saw your stream on EposVox. Okay, I saw him on, Epos. I saw on his video. I think it was something about the, the sub 2R webcam, and you were there and he just basically praised your stream. I was like, wow, the guy is really cool stream, and that's how I found you. That's
0: right. That was one of the first big time like shout outs that I that yeah. I had gotten was I remember I was I don't think he told me that he was gonna do it. This was so long ago I can't even remember, but I remember watching the video and going, holy fuck. I'm in that video, and it, it kind of tripped yeah. me up a little bit. Hell yeah, you, man. Um, How long have you viewed stuff on TikTok before you started creating content for TikTok? I always hated it, man. I yeah. never,
1: I never <laughs> did. I never did. Uh, I, I used to work on a, on a TV station where I was directing this live show, and we kept getting guests who were big stars on Musical.ly. And they were like super big and I had no idea who these weird kids are and why they're doing these weird dances to stupid songs and why they do it over and over again. I was like, oh, my God, this must be one stupid platform. And then when it, when it you know, switched to TikTok, I kind of started seeing Vine kind of you know stuff on the... Usually it was reposted on Instagram and or, or Facebook or somewhere else. And I was like, yeah. You know, maybe there is some cool stuff on TikTok, and then it turns out, yeah, there is. You just gotta swipe through a lot of garbage until you get it, get to it.
0: That yeah. that was the hardest thing for me when I first got it was, as as a TikTok must have known that I was a, a male viewer because the thirst traps that I was scrolling through for like the first couple of weeks was like, oh my god, this is legitimate pornography. <laughs> just give me something else. I think one of the the first algorithm based content that I get into was this dude from Canada who does magnet fishing. He just takes these 20 pound magnets that are attached to ropes. He throws them in the river and then he just fishes with it and just pulls shit out.
1: And I was like, my dad does that, man. Does he really? Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, 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 You know, until you find a grenade, (laughs) Uh, he did actually find a world war II grenade in the river with that thing no fucking uh, way yeah he even called the police and everything and they had a you know pyrotechnician guy come over oh it was fun <laughs> dude did he get to keep it right, uh no he did not he did not ah. like, I think that because he, he he did uh you know he's also you know doing the metal detector stuff so he found some you know guns pistols knives stuff like that he, he yeah he, he keeps that but please don't hey police don't come for my dad
0: <laughs> i mean because <laughs> like
1: going to do with it.
0: They're just going to fucking store it away or they're going to sell it on uh, eBay for
1: themselves. Yeah, They're, they're totally going to sell it on eBay, man. But yeah, because it was an explosive, they did not let him keep it. But yeah, he, he keeps a lot of other stuff he finds.
0: That's awesome, dude. There is probably some fantastic relics that he has mm. found. That's super interesting. I've always That'd been be- um, interested in doing that type of thing. I remember like two years ago. I'm. A, you've ever heard of uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, the big entrepreneur here on the East, East West? Western Hemisphere.
1: Never heard of him, but he sounds
0: like a cool guy. No shit. Okay. Uh, He is, you're either going to love him or you're going to hate him. Uh, Quick backstory on him. He grew up just being, he was an entrepreneur, like fresh out of the vagina. Like immediately lemonade stands, baseball cards, sneakers, everything. Um, Got a job at his dad's wine store took it from three million um annual revenue to sixty million annual revenue started his own company he's He's huge over here um author all that stuff. Where the fuck was I going with this? What the hell were we just talking about uh finding rare stuff in the river yes, so uh, he did this YouTube series where he would go to garage sales, buy shit, and then flip them uh-huh. and he would make thousands and thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands and I'm like this sounds awesome not only do I enjoy garage sales I would love to be able to find like little nostalgic things for myself and also in turn flip things and then me and my girlfriend were crazy watching this YouTube series about flipping and then it actually came to the point where we were gonna go garage sailing and I just couldn't go (laughs) like like (laughs) the idea of magnet fishing sounds so awesome but am I actually going to take three hours out of my day to go find a body of water and stuff? No, I'm not going to, I, I know myself
1: get stuck all the time. And then you end up, you know, knees deep in mud and Oh yeah. Finding grenades. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only worth the time and effort kids do it all day long. Yeah. You know, also, I feel like, uh, I, I don't know how it is in the U S but here I live in a, in a, in a historic town, like this place where I live. Uh, it has long history like we're talking eleventh century stuff. we have a castle and everything we like my dad even found like coins from the fifteenth century and stuff like that because it was here. You know, there's a shit lot of history here. Also, we're real close to the German border here. So we basically were part of Germany and, you know, the German armies used to, uh, like, escape through here and stuff like that. And they, they were dropping knives and helmets. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of history and you can find stuff. But, of course, a lot of people are looking for that. So it's probably picked clean already most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, I'd like, like to spend...
0: Do you... Now, is there, like... um. Do you have, like, Facebook groups that are just dedicated to people that go out searching for (laughs) for
1: old war relics? Hell yeah, dude. Like, my dad is on all of them. Oh,
0: shit. (laughs) It's crazy that still to this day that you can still go out and and find stuff. Because you you, you would think by now, in 2020, with how advanced technology has gotten and how many people are aware that that stuff is out, that there are still things that you can go out and find even to this day. Yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy. But,
1: you know, you, you, uh, sometimes what happens is that there is this plot of land, all right? And it's, it's been covered in a thick layer of mud for some time. And then suddenly, a farmer decides that he's going to plant some crops and, you know, some, some big freaking frick- trucks come and they, and they, like, pick up the top layer. And suddenly, it gets uncovered. And that's when you start finding stuff. Because it's been, you know, so deep that you couldn't find it before.
0: Right. Oh, that's super interesting. Um, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about Speechy. Um, so f- f- just right off the bat, if you want to take a second to explain exactly what it is to anybody that doesn't know.
1: All right. Yeah. So Speechy is this uh, thing. It's a, it's a VST plugin, or you may know it as audio filter that you can load up into your OBS. <laughs> like basically when you open your OBS, if you're a, if you're a streamer uh, and you open the little microphone tab, it shows you some default filters. You ought to have like a, com- like a compressor, noise reduction, stuff like that. And um, I wanted to make a filter that does all in one, because me coming from a you know sound engineering background, I, I when I started streaming, I was like, yeah, why would I what, what I buy, some kind of hardware stuff, right? I, I know that you have the DBX 286s, uh, and uh, back then there was no uh, Elgato. Uh, oh, oh, holy crap, not Elgato. Uh, Go XLR. Yeah, Go XLR. Yeah, there was nothing like that when I was starting out. So I used to. I used to daisy chain these stupid long, uh, you know, chains of uh, compressors and VST plugins and they were separate and they were eating up a shitload of CPU. And uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of fuss. So ever since I started doing that, I had a little dream of making a plugin that does all of that in one. And uh, yeah, that, that's, how, that's how it started. And eventually I found a guy. Uh, I, told, I told him about this idea, and he was like, hell, "Hell yeah, let's do this!" You know. So he he let me design a plugin, and he helped me with the programming side of things. And uh, it's out right now. I'll never die. I'll never die.
0: <laughs> <laughs> have you have you seen good success with it? Was it as well received as he had hoped it to be?
1: Well, I guess you always hope for more because when you spend, I spent like a year doing that, on and off. Wow. countless hours, dude, countless hours. And you know how it is you you spend all night doing something. And then you listen to it, you know this is a this is a very common thing in the sound uh, or audio world where you spend all night doing something, and then you listen to it in the morning, and it sounds like shit, and you're like, "Oh, great, <laughs> let's go back to the drawing board, start from you know start from the from zero and do it again so I, I I spent like a real lot of time doing that stuff, and then there was something that I didn't know anything about, and that was making the uI stuff yep. like that. We actually talked about this I, I, it, it was a really new thing for me, so there was a lot of experimenting. All in all, I just wanted to say that, of course, I expected or hoped that it's gonna be super successful, and at first, it was not really, but after about a month, it basically paid for itself, it covered its expensive uh, expenses, and now it's bringing a little you know buck once in a while and it's it's not bad I, i'm I'm real happy w- with how it turned out
0: I'm actually surprised um and this is a weird i don't know if this is a all type of brands thing, or if this is just a streaming thing, but it seems like in the streaming space, we get hung up on names like brand names, product mm-hmm. names, like the focus, right? was the go-to USB audio interface for fucking years. Yep. Uh, and it, it's, I still see it recommended all over the place, despite it's fucking terrible audio issues and crackling, um, And then there, we've got like the blue Yeti, the microphone, which again, isn't a bad microphone. It's just, it's just not, there's a lot of things that make it not a great option. The size, the mounting mechanism, um, the color, (laughs) there's like that massive silver bullet. Now I know that you're, you're a fan of the Chrome. Yeah. It
1: doesn't go up very easily. I I hear you.
0: And so when it comes to software, the number one piece of software that i hear regarding audio is fucking voice meter and i absolutely despise it and it is a a little crazy to me that there are better software options out there but they still just they don't get traction because we're so stuck on these products and these product names and i i don't know if that's ever going to change uh because half of Products doing well, particularly in this space, is word of mouth. Like, whenever people have a question, they ask their friend. They ask uh, in the comments of an EPUBS FOX video. They're looking for what other people think. And we don't necessarily have a massive population of audio engineers and sound engineers and professionals that can give the good advice. And I, I really don't know what we can do to. Kind of change that because we need to get some authorities in the space that can help kind of steer people towards better solutions.
1: Mm, yeah, I hear you. I I 100% agree on Voice Meter. And what what pisses me off a little bit is that a lot of people uh, they look at my plugin and they're like, oh, that's complicated. But then they're using Voice Meter. I mean, it's it's a different kind of thing, right? My plugin doesn't do exactly what Voice Meter is doing, but it's a it's a similar idea. Like if you can spend and dedicate many hours of your life looking at tutorials on how to set up voice meter, you can totally pick up this plugin and give it a go, right? So sometimes I feel like people are a bit lazy to maybe try something that is not verified by thousands of people or more.
0: Yep. Oh, yeah. No, you you are absolutely correct there. And that's, again, another another aspect that I think goes over a lot of people's heads when they're considering products. Um, I know that the uh, the most recent Elgato releases are a little controversial um, Mm. but when it comes to the people who know what they're talking about when it comes to those products have a hard time wrapping their head around the people who don't care that it doesn't work as well. They, they they don't care to know the details. They don't care to understand why it may or may not be better. They just know it's a name brand, it's easy, yeah. and then it's just going to work.
1: And also because it's audio, it's 100% subjective. So they either don't hear the difference or they even prefer something that is, uh, objectively speaking, worse. Right. And I, I see that all the time. And uh, I've I've learned to understand and accept it. But... It's, it's a bit tough, right? Because you spend, you dedicate years of your life to learn the craft and you're like, yeah, you you apply a low-cut filter here and blah, 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 yada, this frequency is bad, this is good, this sounds pleasing, this does not. And then suddenly, this punk from his mother's bedroom comes at you and he's like, yeah, this is my Blue Yeti mic compressor 100% all the way up and it sounds amazing. And I'm like, oh, all right, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> And and yeah, that, that that's what's me- what's messed up. Like uh, Tyler One always comes up in this discussion that he basically built his sound around constantly clipping his mic and sounding like hot poop, mm-hmm. like like literally fried asshole kind of sound. It's the worst, but people are okay with that. He has millions, so why should I care? But but yeah, then there comes the discussion: if he does that, uh, maybe he's just you know one in a few. Like, why decrease your odds and chances? of being seen by making low technical quality stuff
0: right you know what i mean no that that's actually a really really good point and this conversation comes into play when people are talking about do i need a webcam or not do i need mm-hmm. scene transitions or not th- th- there's all of these different variables and actually um harris heller had a video about this last year and he said it's not that you can't make it if you don't have these things it's that not only is this a game of attention this is a game of giving yourself the best chance to be seen and if you are yeah. lacking good audio good video a webcam th- those are all things that are going to knock you farther back they're going to give you less of a chance um, to be seen and and not even less of a chance to be seen but if you do get seen. If you're lacking all of those things, there's a higher chance that they're going to leave because you are lacking, yeah. um, and right. that's that's always a super interesting conversation to have with people because you have the exceptions of people that have made it work without a camera or made it work with shitty audio, but there's always like an anomaly of a trait that makes them stand out to where people don't fucking care about that aspect of it. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I know people that do scenes terribly. But because their content is so good and their audio's crisp, it doesn't fucking matter. People don't really care. I've always gotten caught up on uh, making my uh, my scenes look professional with like transitions, super flair. Uh, like my my shit's always been really, really simple, and I've had a hard time putting time into trying to make those look way better because. I always appreciate when somebody puts the time into it to make it look good, but I don't believe that it sets it sets people apart and it actually brings people back. Like mm. nobody leaves, like nobody's sitting there lying in bed, looking at the ceiling and going, man, that scene transition I saw today was just, oh my God, it made the stream. What a great piece of content. It's just, it's just like a little, an extra thing on top of it. So yeah. for you, somebody that puts a lot of time into making everything, Every aspect of the visual experience for your stream very crisp. What is your driving force to, to make it look the certain way?
1: Well, number one is that I just enjoy the creative process. I I love doing that stuff. I love making it up. I don't like oh, I, I don't like making it up because that is a lot of wasted time and thinking about what can I do that is different that looks like something else. Mm-hmm. But when you finally get the idea, that's when I love it. Because you, you have this vision, like some kind of idea, and you start working towards it. And you start learning new stuff, and you watch tutorials on how to make something in After Effects. You know, yada, yada. And that's my favorite part. I really enjoy doing that. I have a bit of a hard time with the creative side of things. That's what I was trying to say that. It's really hard to get the idea, especially these days when everyone has tried everything and it's almost impossible to stand out. So there's that reason. And the second reason is that I just enjoy when people say, wow, that's sick. You know, it's and I, I feel like people are really like if people really like it, they will say it out loud. And for me, it's yeah. always been uh, it's been like a like a bait. <laughs> like every time I get a thick raid, I do Something I, I, you know, make a flamethrower, run, a, run in a fag green screen car, something like that, and they're like, "Wow, this guy must be amazing!" I'm gonna hit follow. And of course, I can't do that all the time because it's just basically they're they're gimmicks. Let's face it, they're gimmicks. There's nothing else, but it makes them click the follow button and right. give me give me like five more minutes to let let me impress them, charm them with the you know
0: personality side of my content that I hopefully have a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and that. That brings up a good point. It's always been one of my biggest gripes with streamers that use v- pre-recorded videos to to welcome mm. in raids. Um I am so against it. I'm so absolutely yep. against it. And I know everybody's different, but in a in a the game of attention, bringing that back into the conversation, that is your opportunity to captivate them. And if you are just giving the same experience over and over and over again, um, not only are the people who have seen that video 20 times already going to get sick of it, but there is you can you can be as creative as you want with those videos. But if if they're too short, if they're too long, um, it's no matter how hard you try, that's not going to encapsulate you. And in, Mm -hmm. in the off chance that it does encapsulate you, then. What are the chances that somebody's going to pick something out and go, yes, that is going to make me stick around? Um, really quick, the car driving scene, do you have a green screen off to one side that you use for that? Yeah, uh, I,
1: I, actually, I actually took it down for today because I hate the way it spills green on the other side of my face. And I'm still trying to find my way around that. Uh, but yeah, I, I, have, I have like this angle that's. I always loved seeing people's rooms. I just I just never wanted to have a green screen. I never did. Uh, because I feel it's just... It has no character. It's just... It's nothing. No? Yeah. And uh, there there are so many things that can be in your space that spark a conversation. Mm-hmm. Like you know, that, that p- pixel art thing behind me or guitar pedals or guitar amp or guitar, whatever. Cat licking its ass. <laughs> Great stuff. Great conversation starters. And if you have just green, it, it kind of sucks. So... After a lot of time and experimenting, I found a setup that allows me to have green screen on one camera and my studio on on the on, on the main. But yeah, I'm still working on it. It's it's tough.
0: Do you <laughs> are you using the Elgato pop-up screen or do you have something else?
1: Nope, I just have uh some kind of uh mm-hmm. random green screen that I just prop up on microphone stands and hope it doesn't fall apart.
0: <laughs> I actually uh, after your last set of tweets, I would assume that you don't have any Elgato products. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, actually, I do have a Cam Link. I do have HD60S. I, I, and I have a Stream Deck XL that has five malfunctioning keys. Great purchase, kids. Five? Uh, yeah, five of those. Like, it has 32 buttons, right? Five of them, like, right out of, right out of the box, they started triggering itself or themselves at random. Oh, no. So yeah and i had to find which of those buttons were launching on, on their own oh and, fuck uh,
0: yeah because there's no way to tell.
1: <laughs> yeah there's no way to tell you we're just like okay so uh yeah <laughs> anyways i found them but I, I i do like elgato i do some products are really good stream deck amazing the capture cards you know I, I, the cam link has been like super reliable to me the hd 60 has mm, sometimes sometimes not but yeah, what what drives me up the fucking wall is the foam panels. Yeah. Yep. Don't get me started. I actually watched a bit of your uh, stream uh, earlier today where you were talking about that mm-hmm. stuff where you were looking at the reveal video and I do not like those panels. Or I mean, I like them, but I don't like the price tag. Sure. And I don't, I don't like the way they're being marketed. Uh, and you already said this. Uh, people care about what it looks like and if, it, if it's easy. Yeah. And acoustic treatment is... Nothing but hard, 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 hard and complicated.
0: So, again, I I keep reminding my community of this. I need to see somebody who takes regular acoustic treatment and puts it up against the Elgato panels, which is something that I haven't seen yet. And it's not that it doesn't exist.
1: Yep. I've been looking, and the only video that was kind of close was from uh, the Gaming Careers guy. He was actually... He was uh, comparing the Amazon, you know, v, v, V-shaped V wedges against the Elgato's and uh, like regular sized hanging ab- absorbers. And uh, uh, I was not quite convinced. I could just tell that he got those panels from Elgato and he yeah. does not want to like, play a bad thing. And right. I, that always puts me off like crazy. I don't I, like that. I
0: need an audio engineer to actually analyze the waveforms and show the cuz at a certain point there's not going to be able to be telling a difference when somebody's on stream. Yes, our audio bitrate just got doubled to 320 and there may be yeah. some things, but I need somebody who has the knowledge to prove it, to prove it. I'm I'm still not going to recommend somebody go either way because I know for a fact that there is an Elgato tax when it comes to those products. There are more expensive for little to no reason um, than competition out there. But, and, and this happens with every Elgato release, I need people to come out and make content on why it's not better. Because we we get a lot of these conversations that happen on Twitter. We've got people that love Elgato, people that hate Elgato. And that's totally fine. And I'm open to hearing criticisms but you need to back it. I need I need you to back it with proof and science and to show these are overpriced because of because of this reason. And six panels for a hundred dollars is fucking expensive. I I will yeah. not argue that, but what I will argue is that there is more that is factored into the price than just the product itself. And I will never accept the the reasoning you can get it cheaper over here because that yep. is it is not, it is never down to a dollar amount. There, there's way oh, more yeah, things yeah. at play. Um, but yes, they're fucking expensive.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I totally agree with you on that. The thing is that Elgato, they put a lot of thought into making things seem like really fleshed out and like different. They, they put a lot of thought about what the consumer wants. And that's what I really like about Elgato. But the thing is that with the acoustic treatment, I've seen this before. Because when I was starting out with audio when I was 17, that's oh, shit, holy shit, that's 13 years ago. But when I was starting out, I was already looking for acoustic treatment. And uh, this has happened before. Uh, maybe you've heard of RLX acoustic treatments. You know, mm-hmm. they, it's, it's this brand and they used to, or, or like they were among the first who started selling foam panels and they were crazy fucking expensive. Like, 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 we're talking much more than Elgato. And uh, people were buying them. You know, people were buying them and they were like, yeah, I love this. This is a great product. And then eventually, you know, people start buying these panels almost exactly the same, maybe with a little bit less density on the panels. I'll give them that. You never really know how dense the foam is. That's, and that's really hard to measure also how it affects the, you know, the, the, the different frequencies and stuff like that. But anyways, my point is that uh, Aurelix already did what Elgato is doing now. And uh, nobody's buying Auralex products anymore. I mean, they are, but not the foam anymore. They started making like real acoustic treatment. And and that means like real big bass traps, large absorbers that you hang on the wall, stuff like that. The, the, The foam, I'm not saying foam doesn't work. I have a lot of foam in my room. But I feel like Elgato put a lot of work into something that doesn't matter. Like the mounting mechanism, the double layer stuff, the air pocket thing. Yeah, I'm very skeptical on that.
0: Do you think that um, the difficulty in be a, being able to measure how much of an impact it makes is a factor into why, like they made it knowing that it's hard to prove whether it's decent or not. And therefore it's probably going to sell better.
1: Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe the thing is that, um, Hmm. Wow. I'm, I'm really trying hard not to go too deep here. Uh, you can uh, i, I You can if you want to. All right. All right. I'm going in. So uh, the thing is that the denser the material and the thicker it is, the lower frequencies it affects, right? So if you have like a really low density foam, it only really does anything with frequencies above, I don't know, like 2000 Hertz, 2K (laughs) up. Uh, What Elgato did is like they're marketing this as we have created a dual layer Uh, panel and they have the low density foam and then then they have some kind of a thicker fiber Uh, and that's great in theory also the the air pocket this is great in theory but the thing is that the thickness of the more density layer is so tiny that literally any lower frequency because the, the 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 deeper or lower the frequency is the longer the length wave is right so you need thick and i'm talking at least like 3 4 inches thick for oh, this shit. to affect these lower frequencies. So, what Elgato did is right, but not really. If you know what i mean, it's 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 going in the right direction, but it, it's very convincing to a person who does not really understand how this works. Sure. Uh, but yeah, i then again, i don't, I don't quite believe it. And also i um you see, i have a, I have a, i have a friend and he used to be uh, a sound guy for a lot of bands. He was touring the entire Europe. And because of COVID, he kind of went almost bankrupt because, well, suddenly all the business was down. So what he did was he thought, hey, I'm going to start making acoustic treatment. And uh, he started making it really cheap. And of course, now he's doing it much more expensive because everyone, like he, he was fucking swamped. He didn't have any free time because everyone was like, yeah, make me this absorber, make me this. The thing is, you can make really cheap acoustic treatment. If you know how and if you have the right materials. But yeah, what you're saying, you got to make money yeah. making the acoustic treatments. So if everyone does DIY, then there would be no acoustic treatment business. Nobody would be selling anything because everyone would be making their own. Uh, but yeah, yeah. the bottom line is that Elgato panels are crazy overpriced. <laughs> That's what I'm saying.
0: Are there, are there any other products that mirror your thoughts about the elgato products like any other products in the streaming space that are just crazy fucking overpriced but because of the lack of knowledge it's kind of overlooked
1: wow okay uh i want to say the go xlr really yeah but there is a there is a lot of good hardware in that and tc Helicon. Are a really good brand who have been doing, like, I know TC Helicon for their professional stuff. Like, their hardware units are in studios all over the world. Like, that's, that's a company that I can get behind. But I also feel like it could be much cheaper if it didn't have all the bells and whistles and you know how it is. But, but yeah, yeah, maybe that's not a fair comparison, though. That's definitely okay. not the same. That's not the same as the panels. I'm, no, I'm, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, there's one. There's one. There's a good one Elgato
0: Ring Lights. Fuck yeah! Okay, that one's really (laughs) fucking up there, and that one—the reason that one bugs me a lot too—is because the ring light for ninety-five percent of streamers is the wrong type of light.
1: I I want to suck your dick right now, you're (laughs) true, dude. I'm I'm so happy every time somebody says that before I say it. Yeah, it it makes me feel really good that I'm not crazy about this. Yeah, because ring lights have been made for beauty vloggers. And even professional photograph phot- 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 uh, photographers don't use it very often because it's not very flattering. it doesn't <laughs> really look very good on most people and also you get the weird ha- halo in your eyes and uh, you look like you're dead, you look super tired. It makes sense if you're doing beauty, if you're doing hairstyle shoots you you make you know uh, i don't know clothes, stuff like that, yeah for streamers God no and th- then you charge insane amounts of money for this product that nobody needs yeah. but it's crazy how I would say 90% of people think this is the best light for streamers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. and (laughs) What's funny about that is a lot of the conversations that I saw on Twitter were like, yes, this Elgato ring light is awesome. And then you have a bunch of people that say, well, uh, it's not really the best light for streamers. And then they come back with, well, that's okay. Just point it at the wall. What? Then buy a regular fucking light. What are you talking about? and those yeah. those blind sheep the people that will defend any product until they die yeah. there's no yeah. there's no reasoning with them whatsoever um yeah. but yeah it's like it's like if somebody was to come out with a fisheye you know like the old school skateboard videos yeah. the fisheye yeah. lens it's like if they were to come out with a streaming camera that only had a fisheye lens it's like what <laughs> no and that's coming from somebody who loves super wide angle and loves fisheye yeah. shit. But if if they were to come out with a, a, a fisheye webcam, I'd be like, what the fuck are you what are you talking about? This is this, this is not what we want. This is not a good fit. So yeah, that is I, I can't defend the Elgato ring light at all. That's just uh that that was way too fucking out there.
1: Yeah, I, I actually I uh I became a bit of a I sometimes I feel like a bit of a tech snob because of my streams I started doing a lot of setup reviews and stuff like that. And you know in the In the czech market or for the czech audience there is very few streamers who have a great technical quality like there may be five streamers who are like on i want to say our level really i do feel like we both have great streams on the technical side and and, in the czech republic there's not a lot of streamers who really you know either pay a lot of attention to it or invest the money uh so i started well I went, yeah, I, I went real hard on some of those guys. Like, there's guys who have like three thousand viewers, and they are streaming with a fucking C920 and a, and a ring light in front of a green screen, and looks like shit. And I'm gonna say it, man. If you have that that kind of budget to work on your stream, and you don't, you are a disgrace to the streaming community. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let it rip.
1: Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, there's already running memes with me and ring lights, cable management, and shit like that. Yeah.
0: Yo, fuck cable management. I'll I'll say that straight up. I fucking hate it. I did it with my current setup because it was time, but I despise cable management. I I think it's a waste of time. I think for the most part, it's for show. I understand to to a point that you should be clean, right? But... I think there is this over obsession with how your setup looks instead of how it works. And that kind of takes over a little bit too much for me. But uh, but,
1: Uh, uh, Battle Stations. Here we
0: go. Yes. Battle Stations subreddit. um, And which kind of makes me sad because I. I love putting time into how something looks. And I absolutely love your setup because it's a mix of sex and practicality. Like it's, It works for exactly what you need it to do, but you've also made it look fantastic on camera, which is why I was so impressed with the green screen to the side. In your most recent setup, I, I didn't remember seeing a green screen setup. So I was assuming that you were using a separate camera with NVIDIA broadcast and doing the, the cutout. But I'm like, man, that looks way too fucking crisp to be virtual green screen. Um, So I'm I'm glad to know that I wasn't crazy and I was able to pick that out. Um, But yeah, that's that's always my favorite type of content. When I see people take a hardworking but good looking stream, like it's a setup that works for them. It allows them to do what they want to do, but it also doesn't look like. Casey Neistat's uh, office, yeah. if, you know, if you know what I mean. I fucking love Casey Neistat, but that's something that I've always appreciated about him. He doesn't give a shit. He wants yeah. it to work for him instead of look for him. He doesn't
1: waste time and he creates content. I've actually, uh, I feel like watching Casey and his studio tour and stuff like that, it really taught me a lot about what I'm doing wrong because I'm crazy about it, the technical side of things. And I wanted to say this five, to- five times already today. Making content is a balancing act. You know, it's, it's, so, it's so hard not to get too crazy or obsessed with a tech and still create good, good content. It's, it's, it's tough, man. It's tough. And the yeah. thing is that you know, when people are watching tutorials or stream coaches, they want a simple answer. Do this. Do that. But nobody can tell you how much of your time you can afford to invest into researching cameras, light, mics. Nobody knows, you know, it's, it's, it's a completely individual thing. I have a lot of free time on my hands and thankfully not everyone does though. So I try to respect that.
0: And I think that is what makes it difficult for people who enjoy the tech side because I am somebody who buys a shit ton of hardware because I love hardware. I love learning about it. I love discovering different capabilities with different kinds of hardware. And I, I don't enjoy... The chase to have the best looking, best sounding. I enjoy the chase because I have a desire to learn. But again, like you just said, not everybody has that desire mm-hmm. or the time. Um, you know, people that are competitive gamers who just play games nonstop, they can't. They, they can and They won't spend the time to learn everything about every aspect. Um, I, I think, like you had mentioned earlier, there's a little bit of a a responsibility to understand an aspect of it. Like you there's, there's, there's bars to reach nowadays. You have to like get it good enough sounding good enough looking. And then when you come across somebody who doesn't care about any of that, you're like, Oh, come on. Please.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally. And uh, I, I do think that these things come at an order content, sound and visual stuff. And then there's marketing and the whole PR thing that just floats anywhere around this. (laughs) I don't want to get into that because I do not, I cannot grasp the concept of promoting yourself properly. I just, I was never good at that. I've always been shit. I just don't know how to get myself out there. Maybe that's why I didn't grow bigger in the in the uh, English, you know, community. But yeah, I feel like sound is always at least number two in everything.
0: Yep. Oh yeah. People will put up with shitty looks if they can not have their ears absolutely blown out. Yeah. When you were, yeah. when you were streaming um, in the English category, and you said you did that for three years? Yeah, yeah about that. Did you... 1,500 hours plus. Wow. That's a lot for three years. That's a lot. Did you completely ignore all of the other platforms? And were you just putting your time into Twitch? I did ignore Mixer.
1: I did not really care about that because I I just didn't think it's ever going to be successful. Sorry, so I um, did. Sorry, I
0: meant like um, YouTube, Twitter, like other platforms to create oh, additional right. oh, content yeah. on.
1: Oh, okay. Yes, for marketing. Yeah, I got it now. Um, I just never really had the time or energy. I did not ignore them. I always knew that I need to promote promote myself more on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, maybe even Facebook. And I always had like these short, like outbreaks of energy where I was like, oh, yeah, five posts a week, a video every day, yada, yada. And yeah, it usually lasted for like a week. And then I just <laughs> burned out because I could not keep up with it. Yep. And, and, and this is actually a very good thing to talk about because a lot of these, um, a, lot, a lot of these tutorials or teachers, coaches, they tell you get yourself out there. But it's really hard, especially if you want to be a streamer, it's really hard to take a slice of your streaming time and distribute that into creating other kind of content on these platforms, you know, photos and and videos. Um, What I am extremely blessed to have now is some kind of budget to work with. And I can pay people to post stuff on TikTok, you know, to to edit my videos. And that is the kind of uh, investment that I should have probably done a long time ago instead of buying a new mic, a new camera, I should have started paying other people to help me with this. Because if you're streaming at hours a day or even four hours a day or even four hours every other day, that's still a lot of time streaming and creating other stuff on more platforms is really hard,
0: really hard. That is a a tough pill for me to swallow as well um, because of spending so much time. Like I should have gotten other people involved way earlier. Um, There's two different sides of creating content for other platforms. There is the creating original content for other platforms, which is really fucking hard. That's the thing, yeah. Trying to find... Even TikTok has made it so fucking easy to create content that has the potential to go viral with just doing this for 15 seconds. That has the ability to fucking skyrocket. And then there is rehashing content that you've already created and putting that on uh, other platforms, Um, which like you said, you can hire somebody else to do and get a good amount, but there's only, there's only so much you can do. You can't just take a full stream, export it to YouTube and, uh, and expect to get Uh, views. Um, There needs to be a little, a little creativity and, uh, and that can be kind of difficult. And that again, just to mirror what you said, I should have done that. So long ago, I should have had people taking clips from the podcast to put on Instagram and YouTube. Um, you know, I'm thinking about doing that now, but I almost see all of that time as wasted, like in the, in the same way that you were saying you f- you're either going to give up or you're going to try something completely new. That is the same place that I had gotten to. It's like I either have to completely change what I'm doing and do things that I was not doing before or just just call it right here.
1: Yeah. Uh, Also back to what you were saying, you know, rehashing content or making something original. I feel like we may have a very similar mindset on this because I hate doing things just halfway. So for me to just grab a clip and put the same thing on Instagram, TikTok, and maybe put the compilation of same clips on YouTube, it feels like I'm not doing enough. Like it feels like I'm lazy, like I'm not creating anything meaningful, like it's a fucking waste of time. Mm -hmm. And I won't do it. The thing is that now that someone else does it, I don't feel bad about it as much because I feel like that person has decided that this is still interesting enough to have here and there. And if somebody says, hey, that's a really lazy content, I'm like, it's not me, baby. (laughs) So
0: yeah, this really helped me out a lot. A lot. I would say when it comes to like clips, And clip compilations and and just taking things that happen from stream, those are almost aimed at my existing community. They aren't necessarily it's not necessarily content that is aimed at fostering additional people. And so it's. As a content creator, you should think of that and go, okay, that is not valuable time and it is it is not worth the money either, but. There's a very large part of me that loves clip compilations and I I love recording and editing gaming content. Like I have I now have 450 clips of Call of Duty gameplay from the past like 3 or 4 months and I'm I'm getting ready to edit them into like three or four videos. It's going to do nothing for my brand. It's going to do nothing for any of my social media platforms, but the content is so fucking funny to me, and I had so much fun playing and recording that I'm going to edit them. I'm going to waste the time to make it. And there's also a small part of me that's like, I want those memories cataloged and saved.
1: Wait, let me get this right. So you record this stuff off stream just when you're gaming?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. You see, that, that's, that brings up a very important point that I feel like I've learned very recently. Do you know Ludwig? Or L- L- Ludwig, I'm not oh, sure how yeah. you pronounce Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. That guy, I-, I watch a lot of that guy. I, I really like that guy. And uh, somewhere, I don't know where he was talking about it. He was saying that I try to plan my every stream in a way that I can edit some kind of content out of this. Because what you're doing is you're playing games and you're 100% focused on the gameplay and on enjoying it and having fun. When you're streaming at the same time, you're constantly dividing your attention to chat, you're responding to stuff, and that makes the editing process insanely tedious. Yeah. And I, I did this for the first time. I had two, two, two buddies, two streamers, and we were playing games game together. We were playing Devour. It's this horror game similar to Phasmophobia. And they were streaming, and I was not. I was just recording. And holy shit, it was so good. I never had a gameplay video so easy to turn into a valuable youtube video you know because it was like just focused on being entertaining and it was the, the entire life side of this being a to, you know partially talk show it was just gone and i feel like this is another place where huge streamers have a huge advantage because when you have a thousand viewers you do not respond to every single single message in the chat anymore so you are focused on the content and it's really easy To somehow recycle to other platforms and still be entertaining, Mm -hmm. and uh, yes, I I, like me, I I have a real hard time just missing a single message in the chat, and it happens nowadays a lot. (laughs) Yeah, oh yeah, it's taken a lot of adjustment.
0: So that's actually, I'm glad that you brought that up because I am somebody who has always made a massive show out of alerts. Like I've always loved lights. Camera changes, zooms, loud noises, stupid shit like penises and boobs and all that stuff. And to this day, I still love it. But I had to kind of make a deal with myself. And I I have yet to fully commit to this change, but I really have to commit to reducing a lot of those alerts. And again, somebody who used to put a lot of time and creativity and effort into raid alerts because they were so much fun. And like you said, you get the people that come in like, oh, my God, this is fucking hilarious. I'm going to hit the follow button. A lot of the times those people don't come back. Like you get that instant gratification or the dopamine hit of like them enabling your creativity. Like, yes, I created something funny. Chat thought yeah. it was funny. But I would argue that the conversion rate for them to actually come back because, like you said, it they're gimmicks. They're fun gimmicks. And if that's what you built your brand around, so people will stay. But if you're somebody who that's not necessarily what you're doing, but you also have a couple of those gimmicks, the conversion rate might not be as great. So one thing that I've been playing around with is shortening a lot of my alerts and not trying to spend as much time acknowledging them because I don't think that's where my strength is. And you, actually, you made another great point regarding Ludwig and trying to create content that does better edited for other platforms. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do. I love gaming. I love playing video games on stream, but I am not that great at it. I'm not great at making an entertaining show out of video games. I know how to be myself and be loud and be dumb. But as far as taking the video game content, and transcending it into a different piece of content that's entertaining, I'm not that great at it. And if I was, I wouldn't be here talking about how <laughs> how I've I been know, streaming on so. Twitch for eight years and, and been struggling. So the, part of becoming a good content creator is realizing where your failures lie and what, you, what your strengths are and what you're not. And again, if you're like us and you're fucking stubborn and you can you can know what the problem is, but be like, nah, fuck that. I'm just going to keep doing whatever I want over here. <laughs> yeah, You know, the
1: thing is, like, where is the limit? Where is the point where I finally give up on trying to go this path? You know, it's really hard going a couple of steps back, looking back at it and being like, oh, yeah, that was, a, that, that was not worth it. I'm going to go in a different way. Like, it's, the, the further down the path you are, the harder it is yep. to come back and start again, like I did with check. I I had to it was a really really tough pill to swallow. It it did take me about half a year to really convince myself to make yeah. that change. Yeah. 6 6 months I've been too stubborn to
0: do it. And now that you've made the change, do you think that like do you even consider the first 3 years of your streaming to be like existing or do you consider you starting in check to be like the start of your streaming career, where you're actually making a difference, making good content, seeing growth. Cause like for me, have I been streaming for coming up in eight years? Yeah would I consider do I consider that a part of my streaming career? no I fucking don't because it hasn't been successful to me I haven't seen the growth that I've wanted to see and that doesn't make me sad it, it makes me focus more on wanting to create something better uh, but again, hard pill to swallow to look back and go oh shit yeah I did waste a lot of fucking time but now that you've seen success I'm sure you look back and go well it doesn't really matter anymore because I'm in a better place." <laughs>
1: yeah i i, I hear you, man i guess i, I guess i kind of have it easy now and it's really easy to talk about these things and be like oh yeah man i had to take the journey you know and i came back stronger and because i i learned things and blah 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 but if i if i did give up I, it would be a waste that, yeah. definitely but uh yeah holy shit, that's the that's the thing i you may have seen my and it's such a cliche thing i did post that picture on twitter of my stats, where I was always going up and down and up and down. And right when I was down in the dumps, I was about to give up. And then suddenly, wow, okay, things happened. And I see this all the time. And I guess this is where the, the perseverance comes to play, where you really just keep going. Uh, yeah, you, you can't be mad. You need to try things in a new way. You, mm-hmm. you got to keep trying new approach, I guess. When you, when you keep doing the same thing for more than three times over... I feel like you may be wasting your time
0: maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh,
1: but also for me the the reason why I do have the success is well there there's definitely the hard work. I I I definitely don't want to put myself down like it didn't matter. It did. It did give me the the traction, the uh when people saw my stream, they saw something that I've been working on for 3 years. Right, So that was not worth it. But also the two other things were something that I did not really have any control over. And one thing was the, you know, somebody noticing me and giving me promotion on Twitch. Uh, but that also happened because I had a good stream. That probably yeah. wouldn't have happened if it was shit, right? So maybe I did have a, at least partially some kind of control over that. But the other thing is that I just came to the right market at the right time. And I, I didn't know that could happen to me on Twitch. Because ever since I started streaming, I was like, "Oh, I'm way too late to this party to make any kind of difference." But I'm still gonna try. What I didn't know is that there is a submarket in my in my local area in, in Czech Republic and where I live, where there is just a perfect place for someone like me, who has the right kind of stream, who is actually different than most most people on the you know in the in, in the <laughs> fuck. I'm, I'm going to too deep and I'm losing my my uh, my touch here uh, in the category you know what i was trying yeah, to say, i got right? you i got you i got i got too deep there but yeah i it, it was like a combination of a you know of different separate ingredients in this cocktail that somehow made me successful but hey i'm doing this for 3 months and you know in a month i may be nobody <laughs> again if I, if I if i screw something up and that's probably what Everyone needs to keep in mind that even every time you go up,
0: you will go down
1: mm-hmm. eventually. So I'm just trying to postpone that to infinity.
0: <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that you said that I always love highlighting is when you've worked so long towards something and, and you've built something, a, a lot of people think that the, a raid is going to be your ticket. It's be like The the big rate is going to be the ticket for everybody to see what I've been doing. But yeah. if you haven't been putting in the time to display all of the hard work that you've put in, if you can't prove that you've been working hard in that moment, all of those people are just going to fade away really, really yeah. fast. And I'm glad that you said that because it's really, really important to work towards something really hard, regardless of whether you're seeing the numbers, you're seeing the growth, you're bi- basically building up your stamina for when the attention finally is on you because if you aren't ready when it's focused on you you're just going to keep going as you've been going and it's going to keep repeating yourself over and over
1: yeah you you cannot really prepare or or you cannot create the opportunities yourself usually but you Mm -hmm. can prepare yourself to milk the shit out of those opportunities when they actually happen
0: yeah yep that's that's a perfect way to put it also, what
1: you said about raids, I did think that, oh my God, I just need that one good raid and everything's going to change. Hell no, dude. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I got like some really big raids and yeah, they, they make for a great stream. Your numbers go up. But even if you, I think that even if you put on a hell of a show, like what you said earlier, a lot of those people are not coming back. No. They just aren't. It's, yeah. It's real. Tough. You know, they have their favorite streamer. They're going to be watching that guy and it's going to take. A lot of, you know, uh, a lot of work and convincing to turn yourself into their new favorite streamer. It's not going to
0: be easy. That is why I have an extremely hard stance on fuck stream teams. Stream teams can literally lick every inch of my butthole. I think that they are the biggest sham, the biggest waste of time. I think it's a pipe dream. And I'm sure that there are some people out there that have had a benefit from being on a stream team you are the 0.0001%. They, yeah, yeah. I, I I need to have like an extended conversation about this with somebody. I would like to have people that have been successful on a stream team because I've been part of multiple. I've seen how they unfold. I've seen how friends stream teams have unfolded. And uh, again, another thing that people think is like the secret sauce is being on a team. What ends up happening is these stream teams all host each other with the same communities over and over and over again. And you might see people on teams that get these 50 to 100 person raids like all the time because people from their team are ending. It doesn't doesn't convert well. And for the people that it does convert well, there are so many other factors that come into why those people stayed after the raid or why they came back after a raid. Yeah,
1: I've been a part of these two, like two or three. And I think that the fact is that Stream teams need you more than you need them.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah.
1: Or, or like, you know, a couple of those people who have started the stream teams, they need your viewers more than you need theirs because mm-hmm. eventually, what you said, there's just going to be a closed community and it really, it's really hard to get new people inside.
0: Right. One of the, uh, one yeah. of the funny things regarding teams is... <sighs> I lost my train of thought. I'm so fucking pissed. It's all right, buddy. I got your back. It's all right.
1: Dun, 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 dun,
0: dun. One of the, the things that doesn't exist, you actually, that actually helped. Thank you. Regarding teams is no team has somebody at the head of it who isn't a streamer. You don't see people start stream teams that their main focus is cultivating an actual team. Stream team yeah. people are, are just other bigger streamers that have cultivated yeah. a following behind them. And so anytime I hear somebody ask about it, I'm like, mm, you don't need it. You, you absolutely don't need it. Can it be beneficial? To an extent, but isn't something that you should really aim for?
1: Yeah, you probably can't lose anything, really, if you just, if they don't want anything back from you. But there was this one team that reached out to me that, that was actually quite recently. It was... October, maybe September, I'm not sure, last year. And um, he, uh, like, this guy approached me and he was like, hey, man, we're starting, you know, the the new coming up, you know, stars on Twitch and blah, blah, and we have eSports division and this and that, and we would really like to sign you. Uh, They even had a contract and everything. It really looked really, really good on paper. And uh, the only thing that really turned me off was that they wanted to have their logo on my stream. And at that point, you know, like putting anyone's logo on your stream uh, is free advertisement, right? It's, It's free eyes on some kind of logo, some kind of branding. And I was like, okay, so if I do slap your logo on my face, what do I really get in return? And when I started asking... Yeah, they got a little pissy about it. Then I found out that the guy who runs the stream stream team is a guy who's trying to stream on Twitch for years, and he has 13 viewers. And then I looked looked at the Twitch tracker, and I was like, "Oh, I guess he's trying something new for himself." (laughs) Mm -hmm. And yeah, yep, it would be so easy to sign with them, dude. They had a great website. They even had some promotional videos. Like apparently, these guys put some money into it, and it seemed good. But I turned it down respectfully I was like yep sorry guys can't help and uh, I, I I'm, I'm once in a while I go and ch- ch- check on them and see if they got any success and nope nobody gives a fuck
0: interesting it's funny how that works uh, yeah yeah that oh, oh,
1: oh, wait wait also the breaking point was when I when I got told you're missing on an opportunity <laughs> of a life buddy? I was like, yep. See you later. Good luck, pal.
0: I'm out of here. Yeah, that that's also a, a pretty glaring problem is people think that the, uh, being associated with a name is also just going to bring some other type of success. But there needs to be mm-hmm. some some sort of mutual benefit in order for something like that to to work. Okay. Um before I kind of jump into the last thing uh that I want do you have any anything that you wanted to talk about? I wanted to give you the, the floor if there was anything that you hadn't waiting to to discuss. Hot topic, whatever. The floor is yours.
1: Yeah, holy shit, dude. I don't know. We could be here five hours if you if you give me space. Be be careful with that because yeah. I will <laughs> Shut up. And I don't know how long you want your streams to be. Uh,
0: so I so we're at about the, the one and a half hour mark. Podcasts have gone. Up to three hours, three and a half hours, depending. But I never expect to take that amount of time. So usually at the at the one and a half hour mark, I usually give, I check in and see what kind of time frame they're looking at. Because usually there are some questions from the Q&A as well. Um, so realistically, how much time would you like to spend?
1: All night long, baby. I, I, I really don't have a limit, so I don't okay. care. Okay. You know, the, as long as the baby is sleeping and it doesn't need my attention, I'm here. And it's, she's asleep, she's good. That, that dad
0: life. Yeah, um, mommy's going to take care of it. How long have you been in your, your house that you're in now? Was it over a year?
1: I did move into this apartment, yeah, about a year ago. It's a year. Okay.
0: This,
1: is, uh, this is basically a new studio still. It Was only that- now recently got into a, into a spot where I'm happy with it <laughs> after a year.
0: It, it's funny how long that shit takes <laughs> to actually get yeah. into uh, a working environment. Do you still have the... Lighting rails that go up and over your setup.
1: Ooh, yeah, dude, that was. I, I actually only got that here in this apartment because I didn't really want to put it in the in the room where I was before because we had like real low ceilings, and also it was all drywall, so I couldn't really put you know too many studs in places, and this couldn't really support any weight. So I did have a custom rail around my desk built by a friend who was like a blacksmith kind of guy. You know, he's making. Things he's even like making like artistic stuff, and I was like, "Hey, dude, could you like, could you like put a couple of rails together for me that can hold some lights and cameras?" And I was like, "Yep, yeah, buddy." And he asks, "Like, oh, wow, the entire thing was 150 bucks, maybe?" Real, what real, the real- fuck? Yep, I, I wanted to buy this. I wanted to buy this from like, like you can buy this. You can buy just some like stage light supports and stuff like that. And it's really expensive. It's good, but it's expensive and heavy as fuck. And i didn't want to go down that path so i asked the buddy and he did make this for me and i'm super super grateful because it's being oh oh my god it's so good man so good my lie. life before this tripods everywhere i had I, I swear to god at one point i had seven tripods in my room oh my god. I, don't even, I, don't, I don't know how you know two lights two cameras a a webcam yeah those things add up and suddenly it's cables lights tripods everywhere and you cannot move and and when you are when you do not have a dedicated studio you still need to live in that room i want to hang out in here i wanted a studio where i can go and still be enjoying myself without streaming yeah and i finally did succeed in that (laughs) thankfully
0: yeah i've got uh let's see one two three four five okay so I four boom arms my sony a6400 is actually using a rode psa1 mic mount because the mounting yeah. system is actually the same and i'm like i don't want to buy a mount just for my camera i had this psa1 sitting i'm like i wonder if i can make this work as a as a tripod or a boom arm and it ended up working um yeah, oh, that that gets really hectic, really, really fast. Because I'm I'm just now looking into. I have two better grade LED panels that I purchased that I use for my YouTube videos, and one of them has a softbox. What's the um What's that nylon grid that you put over a softbox? What's the technical term for that? Yeah,
1: the, the, I think it's called honeycomb. Honey, okay, honeycomb. Okay. Yep.
0: So I've got one. one of those, and I think pretty soon I'd like to put um one of those. I just found a wall mounting system that works for those big softbox lights. It's almost like a, a massive articulating arm that has tension rods at each part, and it extends from 20 inches all the way to like 50 inches, and then it also mm. sways on the arm. Um, or that's small. S- I like that. Sway? Sways on the wall? Sways on the wall, something like that. Um, but that's also kind of a little bit of fun. Do you enjoy the creative process of... Finding where to put lights and cameras, or is that just all super annoying to you
1: well i I do love that, and also I do have a bit of professional background around that, like I've never went to film school or anything like that, but I did a shit lot of videos, I did light a shit lot of scenes before I ever started streaming. And I, w- I was very lucky to be around people who know their shit. And I've s- I have stole all their kung-, kung fu that I could, man. I- I-, I-, I I hang out with the cool kids and I steal their kung fu. That's what I do. That's why I'm on your podcast today, Nick. I'm going to rip you off. <laughs> You're here to
0: steal my shit? <laughs> I'm
1: going to steal your shit. <laughs> love you, love you, uh, I-, I do enjoy that. But you see, the thing is, uh, lighting and just like, Building the entire stream setup is a completely different thing than lighting a film scene or uh, a, you know a studio that where you just like shoot stuff because there are so many things that you need to take into account. Like you cannot have a huge ass light shining right into your face for eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. You cannot. It would look good. Yeah, you want that huge ass softbox right there. And you want it, you know, at at, at city so it really looks good. You cannot do that for eight hours a day. It will drive you crazy. And I've tried. I've had headaches for days. So I had a lot of. Uh, I did take a lot of time to experiment with the placement, uh, like like say this slide on my side. Nothing is directly in my peripheral vision, I guess, or like it is in my peripheral, but it's not in my like direct eye eye contact with with these lights. So it was really interesting to find the places. Like, right in between. Finding the sweet spot where I can put things with with them still looking good enough or fantastic and not being annoying. So, yeah, a lot of that stuff. And also, you know, the entire rail thing, uh, it has so many advantages, dude. Also, I have one monitor mounted on that. I can I can mount just about anything on this. And not having the cameras and lights on my desk also means that when I, you know... Punch that motherfucker because I failed for a millionth time in jumping or getting over it. The cameras don't fall down; they are like they don't move. They're not bounded
0: to this. So yeah, I did enjoy this. I'm jealous. I'm very jealous. I I love the way that it looks. I love even more the way that it functions Um, because I am a. I only do this in Call of Duty, but I am a desk slapper, so I have a gaming mat right next to my mouse. Anytime anytime something uh, really stupid happens, I can just wind up and smack, and it's <laughs> super fucking gratifying to just get a good slap in. Um, but I've had my monitor will flicker, and I, I see all of my cameras shake, uh, but it, it, it's still good fun. Um, so I'm, yeah. I'm definitely...
1: The what, only what? thing that wasn't wasn't able to get out of my desk is the uh, sound interface. That is kind of expensive. I don't want to ruin that. And my studio monitors, meaning the speakers. Those mm. almost fell off one day. Those are pricey. So yeah, I still try not to smack my desk too much. So I started smacking the armrests on my chair instead. And that kind of works. And I, I'd much rather replace those than the, than the tech that's on the desk still. God, that,
0: man, I need, I need so much more... It doesn't um, feel the same, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: <laughs> I hear you, man. It's things have not been the same ever since. I need, I need something to slap.
0: You know I what you could do? Oh
1: no, uh, wait, that would be wrong. Sorry.
0: What? I, I don't know how flexible you are, but you could, if you went to the to the side and, went, and just did an elbow right to the, you'd get that leather against your skin. Smack. That might be pretty gratifying.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Not it, man. It doesn't have the same. I But you have to turn around and shit. It's not the same, man. You
0: got you to gotta be dedicated to it.
1: Yeah, uh, no, I got to be really dedicated. I, I I have things to improve.
0: It's all right. Thanks uh, that's the idea. Something I'm going to have to get built into my desk is like something that's separate, but is also slappable and won't affect the rest of my electronics. It's all, you could almost get like, uh, you know, those... Little devices at the circus where you hit it with a hammer and then the little thing goes yeah, up yeah, and yeah. hits the bell. If I could have one of those, just like a rage moment, just ah, slam and just watch that thing skyrocket, to put it All together. Right.
1: Stealing knackers kung fu right now. Engage. <laughs> Mode engage. All right. I, I'm going to get that built. That's
0: a great idea, <laughs> yeah. a great idea man one uh one thing that i wanted to touch on a little bit because this is always a super intriguing conversation for me because i don't have this issue but again i have not blown up and gotten to experience this type of issue one of the main gripes that i have or that main that people who blow up have is the fake people the clout chasers that come out and try to jump on your coattails um streamers having issues making friends or making genuine friends ones that they can actually build good meaningful relationships with ones that you can um i hate when people say that streaming isn't a competition to be honest i absolutely think it's competitive but it doesn't have to be competitive like rugby competitive it can be hockey competitive where we're beating the shit out of each other's faces but we're going to kiss afterwards and it's totally fine. Yeah, yeah. It's totally okay to have competitive nature between um you and your friends to to get inspired to see what they're doing to desire. That's all good. Um so maybe competition isn't the right word but besides the point. Um did you find that after you hit that wave of success People started coming out of the woodwork and, and started to get friendly, or had you already established a pretty solid friend group beforehand and was it not an issue? Dude. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs>
1: so bad. It's honestly really bad. And uh yeah, suddenly everybody wants to be a your friend, you know? So uh but also at the same time, I'm very aware that a lot of these people are genuine. Like, hey, I've been trying to suck your dick to get me on this show for two years, right?
0: <laughs> long game, play the long <laughs> game, homie.
1: Yeah, because I like genuinely enjoy your content, I, and you have been very inspiring to me. And I just wanted to be buddies, you know. And, and it's it's really hard to convince people that you are not fake. How do you convince people you are not fake? How do you do that? The only thing that comes to my mind is doing this. What we're doing right now: play games together, have a podcast. I think that doing podcasts or being on each other po- other's podcasts that's probably the most genuine way to n- network on twitch maybe or i don't know add in anything you like
0: or anything you can think of but how are you convinced to me um i would put my money on the longevity of it so like yeah. again I, I joke when i said playing the long game but if we had if you had because uh, you send me a video about being on the podcast that was after we had like first met and you would send me a video and i Knowing myself and already having a good idea about you knew that it was a genuine reach out Um, because you just get the vibe. You just get the vibe when when certain people ask. And if we had gone a year without interacting with each other on social media, without popping into each other's streams like you, you, you just know when you come across certain people because they're still around. I don't, I don't base my friendship with somebody off of whether or not they're in my chat or not. I have zero expectations of any other streamers being in my chat ever. But over time, when you reply to each other's stories on Instagram, when you talk about tech-related things on Twitter, and when you just have those little interactions, even though they may not be super common or super consistent, over time, you build little pieces of relationship as you go. So when it came to being... A year and a half, two years later, we had already built up a rapport with each other and knew that yeah. we weren't going after each other's 15 viewers. Well, my 15 viewers now, you're many more now. Um, but again, the same reason why I liked uh, shedding light on the conversation at the beginning of the podcast, where I was hesitant to reach back out at first because I'm like, man, this guy just hit massive yeah. success on Twitch and this looks really fucking shady. Sometimes it's just how the timing works. But after... I I let my anxiety get the best of me. I realized you would know whether I was coming back genuine or not, dude.
1: You know what's the worst thing about it? When
0: you were reaching out to me, a lot of other people
1: were also.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: for a split second, I was like, oh, now he wants to be buddies. Mm-hmm. But then it was a split second. I'm I'm just you know completely honest about, you, yeah. Uh, about it. Yeah, about with you. But then I thought, dude, it's knackers like. I F- fucking love that guy of course of course i'm coming to his podcast i've been i've, I've wanted to do this for for two years so yeah but i feel that y- you get a bit paranoid oh yeah and that that's not a good thing I, yeah. i'm trying to not get overwhelmed by that because i you know it's, it's real hard to distinguish now and I, and I don't know if if a brand reaching out to me wants to like You know, everyone says I really like your content, and I would like to either promote you—you know, you—to promote my product, or you know, be a part of what I'm doing, do an interview. You never know.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Would you? Sorry, Sorry,
1: go ahead. I just wanted to say that what maybe helps is having some kind of—I don't want to say manager; it's a stupid word—but having somebody you can consult this with. And again, my girlfriend's is shit. My girlfriend has. I do not have more than one. I swear to God, um, she's always been there with uh, with me throughout the entire journey. And every time I was in doubt, like should I do this and that, I always could talk to her. And she she's also an influencer. She's been really big on Instagram. Well, really big. She she has like thirty thousand viewers uh, followers. But it's been her full time job for a long time because she really knows her way around it. No shit. And okay. Her insight into all this has. Taught me many lessons because before I I made those mistakes that I could have made. Mm-hmm. I think.
0: My so yeah, having, having a pardon in crime helps. helps. Yep. Um, my girlfriend who used to be a streamer doesn't stream anymore. She has a crazy sixth sense about certain people. Where I'll come in contact with somebody, whether it's a recurring thing or a new person, and I'll bring them up in conversation, and we need to say. I don't fucking know about that person. And here's why. I'm like, "Oh, come on. No, just give him a chance." She's right a lot of the times, and that's just uh-huh. that that's my downfall. Do yeah, Would you agree or disagree with the statement when you get big or when you see success and you and you're seeing the bigger numbers, the fact that you are getting bigger numbers is not necessarily a reason for people to reach out, but it is a reminder to reach out. Like all of a sudden, now that you are in the limelight, now that you're more, maybe you're maybe you're streaming more. So you're on Twitter more, or because you have 100 viewers instead of 10 viewers, you're higher up on the following list. So you have a higher chance of being seen. Would you agree that that is like a genuine reaction where it's not necessarily that people see you see success, and now they want a part of it. It's just that, oh, now that he's gotten a little bit bigger, he's at the forefront of these different uh, social media platforms, and he's now like, I I just see him more often, and I'm reminded Mm -hmm. of him more often.
1: I guess I do agree with you, but depending on the context. Like, in your case, it makes all the fucking sense because now we have so much more to talk about than we would have to talk about a year ago. Like, we would only be talking about Mike's a year ago. Now we have... (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> and that wouldn't be a bad thing. But, uh, yeah, uh, w- when it comes to like inviting somebody to a podcast, like yeah, n- something is happening to this guy now, and we have a really good topic, not only to talk about but also to share with people. Mm-hmm. So, one hundred percent in in that scenario. But I don't know if I would necessarily agree in other cases, like. I mean it it makes perfect sense with uh partnerships, right? Commercial stuff. Of course nobody's gonna reach out to you when you're when you're a nobody with with five. Uh, oh shit. That that's you're not a nobody if you have a five viewers, you're doing great and you're gonna get there one day. Like like I don't wanna say I did. I just I still don't even know if I got anywhere. But that came on wrong. <laughs> uh but yeah, the brands are not gonna reach out to you if you cannot provide the value they search for. That's what I was trying to say. But yeah, if you just start having like pals everywhere. Yeah. You just gotta, 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 be careful about, I guess, what do you give to them? Like how much energy and time you invest into, in, in those people? Like, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I am being a bit of a prima donna now, like not, not, not entirely, but if you really want my attention, you see, there's a lot of other people who want that attention. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to work for it now. Yeah. You know that 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 might sound like I'm a like I'm a fucking princess now, but if I get like 10 DMs every day, I cannot like give my full attention to every single one of them. Uh, I I still try to do it. I I really do. But I just get it just gets gets really hard. And <laughs> and I'm still small, you know? I'm, still, I'm I'm still tiny. It's
0: right. There are I, I love that you said that because this comes full circle from conversation we had a little bit earlier, where if I was a random dude coming out of the woodwork with three episodes into my brand new podcast. And I said, Hey, Mr. Robert dies a lot. Would you like to be on my podcast? It's only the fourth episode. I've been podcasting for about four weeks. You probably would have looked at me and gone. Who the fuck is this guy? Why does he want me on his podcast? This makes absolutely no sense. I probably wouldn't have even gotten a reply, but Because I've been doing a podcast for coming up on five years, we have a rapport with each other from interacting with each other on social media platforms, being in each other's chats. Those little things that build up over time probably had an influence on your response of, do I want to be on the podcast or do I not want to be on the podcast? And there is no replacement for that reputation. Like there's nothing that I could have said or done if I was new streamer, new podcast snackers to convince you, you you want to be on this podcast because of what I'm going to do for you. And that is, that's something that I, I think took a while for me to learn. And it's probably a really big part of the conversation when you hear people say, just fucking do the thing that you want to do. Because if you wait to start it, you're missing out on the longevity of that reputation of yours. Because whether you whether you believe it or not, you are building a reputation for yourself over time, in in different aspects, and uh, yeah, something that I learned way way later. So I'm I'm glad to hear that you had hesitation at first because that confirms how I felt because I knew it was going to come off that way. But it would would have been much better for me to reach out and then get rejected rather than just like not reach out to you at all yeah. and to yeah. eventually have faith. That our relationship would have superseded your um, initial hesitation because it, I'm glad that I'm glad that you said that because it it is true that when you get big and when you start hitting numbers people just fucking flock to you and I'm glad that you've uh, you've had an experience with it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah no, 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 dude, I, I really appreciate what we're talking about this because it's uh, it's a great topic because you you always encounter this. Not just on Twitch. This is this is a thing in all of our lives. You always have people who are somehow suddenly successful, be it career, work, whatever the fuck they're doing. It doesn't have to have have to do anything with social media. And uh, yeah, you will have. I always think of Tyrion Lannister in Game of Thrones. How how the fuck did that little bastard put it? Like, you need to know what people want. You know, I, I, I guess it's. Perfectly fine and normal to always ask if, or it's it's fair to ask what people want from me. Mm -hmm. But what's more important is, what do I want from them? And if there is also something that I can get back from that person, it's a fair trade, It's, it's fine. Not that you necessarily need to turn down everyone that you can't get anything from because very surprisingly, somehow the least meaningful encounters can teach you so much you know like an old pal calls you 5 a.m hey buddy haven't seen you in two years you want to have a beer and you don't want to go because you're tired and you and you you don't care about this bastard that hasn't called you in 10 years or five years I don't know what I said before but you go and suddenly after beer number six a question pops out that sparks something like maybe he has a job that he can he can offer to you you never know right can you host me (laughs) yeah (laughs) Can you watch my streams on 10 different tabs and ask your grandma if she can do the same? Oh
0: my God, seriously. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So are you somebody who's more than likely to give that person the time of day because you know of those, the, the little events that could possibly pop up?
1: If I do have the time and energy, yeah, definitely. So what, what, what you were saying before is if somebody reaches out to me and uh, they're doing something for a very, very short time, I don't think it really matters as long as they have something they can show. Like if you're running a podcast okay. and, and I'm your very first guest, yeah, I might turn you down. But if I'm, if I'm your number two guest and I see that you've already had one episode, that's good. Hell yeah, buddy. If I have the free time and the energy, I'm coming. I don't care. You know, so and, and, and I feel like this is very important for streamers because we very hardly have something to show. You know, just yeah. When you, when you there and, and you don't create that quote unquote evergreen content what can you show for yourself I every time I, I try to show like uh, I've actually been trying to reach out to this brand now and uh, I was like okay what link do I send do I tell them to go to Twitch TV slash Rob Dies lot and expect them to watch my eight hour long stream oh yeah that's not gonna go very well so uh, I guess I guess uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of something called media kit
0: mm. Uh the website where you list all your hardware?
1: Uh no, I mean you you may call it something else where you are, but it's basically a short document that it's it's like a resume, like a little CV. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's you know like some numbers, this is what I'm doing, like very briefly, I I have like th- this much people are watching me, it's this kind of demographic. And also you you know you you send an attachment with a video or something like that. I I do love video resumes. Uh, like that that that's what you were say, saying also. That when I reached out to you, I sent a video. Mm-hmm. Now nothing else speaks so much about you as a as a video. Like you give off some kind of vibe and you can show some kind of personality. Yep. that is incredibly hard to convey in a text form. So even when I was fresh out of school, I started sending video CVs to uh, to companies when I was trying to get hired. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I was recording on a very shitty iPad 1 back then. It, oh my God, I, I do have that video somewhere. It, it, did, it, it did jump at me at LinkedIn somewhere some time ago. And I was like, oh my God, I got to find a way to, do, to lead that. And it was kind of silly. It, w- it was shitty. It was bad. I was a, I was a fucking you know, corporate virgin coming fresh out of school, expecting people to, to hire me for, <laughs> for some you know, salary that I ask. So it was dumb, but it did get me a job. Of course, of course, I had to prove that I can do everything that I say that I can do. But yeah, I love video resumes.
0: I was um, when you originally sent that video, I was already all about it because I've done that to podcast guests as well. Um, One of the ones that stood out to me was um, she snaps. So she's a streamer on here that focuses on mental health, uh, Mm -hmm. self-care, all that stuff. And I, I had been consuming her content in a very dark period in my life. And she just as a person helped me so much. And so I reached out to her. My video was eight minutes long. I fucking seriously sent an eight minute video invitation and her having ADHD saw this eight minute video and said, what the fuck is wrong with you? Who in their right mind is going to watch an eight minute invitation for a podcast when I don't even know you? But. With the message that I conveyed and broadcasting my personality, it was something that clicked for her. And she realized, okay, this guy isn't a fucking sham. That's just after my viewers. Uh, he actually has a subject that he wants to discuss. He yeah. has a uh, a desire to provide valuable and educational content to the viewer. And before when I had people on the podcast, it was, I just want to get to know this person. like I, I And it was just like build a relationship kind of thing. Now with every cast every guest that I schedule, I have the the desire or the the task to bring some sort of value to the person that is watching. I I I don't want you to come watch the podcast because you like this streamer. I want you to come watch the podcast because you're gonna learn something. You're gonna learn something new that pertains to uh, your craft or something that you love. Um, some there's got to be some sort of value that somebody is going to achieve. And I've learned that again, going back to the Ludwig comment about planning your streams ahead of time, putting time into planning those guests, planning the content, and actually preparing yourself to deliver the educational part of the content goes way, way farther than just two to three hours of, of us just chatting. And that's the same reason why on Twitter, when I tweeted this out, this is the guest that we're having. These are the things that we're going to talk about. So people can see the topics that might be discussed and be like, oh yeah, I'm curious about that. I'm curious about that. I'm, you know, I might tune in. And that feeds yep. into giving yourself the chance of people coming in and seeing you. If you just say I'm live, it's episode 140 of the podcast, who the fuck cares? Like there's, there's no amount of reputation that you could build that would convince somebody who didn't know who you were. But if, if you say this is a person, he's a new Twitch partner, we're talking about his growth, his blow up um, this awesome plugin that he created for audio people that are, are drawn to those different topics just might click on your stream and come in and then find out that they yeah. want to suck your penis.
1: Totally, I like having my penis sucked. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, just just for a bit of context, that that uh, guest you had, how, how big
0: was she? Um, she was averaging anywhere between 100 to 150 viewers. All right, so Twitch streamer, 100 to 150. All yep, right. Twitch Twitch okay. partner, pretty large base. Um, so again, th- that's always a little weird. Reaching out to somebody of that size. Uh, mm-hmm. But I also had the rapport or the reputation of being in her stream every week, engaging with her, engaging with her community, building friendships within her community of people that I genuinely liked, not just going in there and networking and, and finding right. people right. to talk to. Um, and then when the time came for, you know, when you invite somebody that isn't necessarily linked to your community, why are their viewers going to come to your channel to watch the podcast that so that's the question that i always have to ask and so setting the topic or or setting the expectation of this is what we're going to talk about that that helps a little bit but if you are a genuine friend of that streamer and you've made genuine friendships in their channel with their community. You hang out with their Discord. People are gonna see that. Oh, she snaps is on a podcast with this guy, Knackers. I know Knackers from chat. I'm actually friends with him. Yeah. I would like to check that out because I know he's a good dude. His morals are in line. They talk about this. You know, they have the same type of uh, uh, hobbies. And those are all just little things that also factor into why somebody might come in and watch.
1: Preach, brother. Also, hey, you want uh, one thing that I wanted to say? Uh, what was that video you did about? You know, you were speaking of mental health, and you had that comeback video. Was that a year ago, maybe? Yep. Yeah. You, you uh, sh- long ass video on YouTube about how you felt and what you were going going through. That one video, I, 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 I probably told you that, but that shit helped me so much, man. Really? It's always, it's always so reassuring to see and hear other people going through the same stuff, and that's one like that's the only real value that i i'm sure that i'm you know giving out to my audience that i like talking about this shit it's important man it's very important uh yeah i can talk mental health stuff like I, i i have no filter about that like i'm gonna say anything about that because people need to know that because we all think like i made a really cool video on imposter syndrome and uh and I do want to get some guests uh, to talk. I-, I love Dr. K. I just want to have somebody like Dr. K on my, on my own podcast because I want to talk about, uh, about what I'm going through and how to deal with it. You know, just not for my own sake, but also other people's sake because there's more and more people. And that's also one thing like on the, on the positive side, there's more and more people reaching out to me with serious stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, dude, your streams are really helping me to get through something. That didn't happen that much before because there was just not that that many people. Sure. And yeah, that's, uh, it comes with a with great power. It comes a great responsibility.
0: It really <laughs> does. Yeah, that's, uh, and again, that's something that you've most likely seen, like you said, grow recently with your growth. Um, and it's like, it's just kind of one of the things that, that comes along with it. Um, hey, do you want to entertain my chat for 60 seconds while I go relieve myself? Go crap. That veiny motherfucker and say veiny? Veiny motherfucker.
1: veiny demon. It's a thing we say here. I don't know if it translates very well to English, but it's a great, great thing
0: to say. Chat, let me see your, your penises in chat, please. All right, I'll be right back.
1: <laughs> I want to see your dicks. All right, chat. I'm 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 reading your stuff right now. I wanna say hi to my to my chick boys over there. I'm really happy and proud that you're behaving. Because I understand that some of you may not understand, literally. Half of what we are saying here. Hey Bishop Chrissy, what up? Cheesy anarchy? Hey Weenie, what's up? Hee hee! Bustly, it's heavy crossbow, Akim. Yeah, there's there's a lot of Czech people over there. Hacks of fact. Hello, hello, I, I like that. That's a that's a very long penis. How are you doing, guys? How are you doing today? What what time is it over there at your place? Because it's 10 p.m. over here in Czech Republic. It's getting dark. And when it gets dark, you may get shot in the streets. <clears throat> Not because of COVID, but because of drugs. They're bad. I wanted to say something else, but then I figured out that might get Knackers banned. So I'm I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> 10 p.m. All right. 9 p.m. Yeah, I should probably teach Knackers. I should teach snakes some some check word. Zizek is a great word, but I'm thinking about something dirtier. 2 p.m. over there. 5 p.m. All right. I love this, man. This is the thing that I miss about streaming in English the most. The, the widespread of people from all over the place. I mean, by place, i mean the world. That's, that's crazy. 2 p.m. for Bishop. All right. Hey, welcome it's, back, Nick. You have a pretty hey, cool, pretty cool stream going on over here. Thank
0: you. <laughs> hey, speaking of audio, uh, look what I, I just picked up one of these guys. I got the Zoom oh, HN1 yeah. for $60. It was on sale on, uh, on b and H. I didn't realize we're how tiny deal. these were.
1: They are tiny. Do you have some kind of like a new gen device? Because I remember they were even smaller, but also like cheaper plastic. Should it might you?
0: be. It is plastic.
1: It's, it seems a bit more robust. Nice. It seems a bit more robust than the one that I remember, because I, I was selling this stuff for like a year.
0: Oh, so
1: OK. I audio gear. So I, I've seen it all, man. I do have <sighs> an H4n that's the slightly bigger brother of what you're holding.
0: Uh, OK, so that's why maybe that yeah. one's so tiny. Um, chat, if any my, my, of you. Have-
1: my bigger neck is all I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
0: that's why I brought you on. I needed to feel small. Um, if there's anybody who wants to ask any questions, now would be the time. We're going to cut off uh, submissions for questions in just a couple minutes here while I get into this final topic. Um, but it's kind of a branch off from one of our existing topics. Is there anything that you have experienced now as a bigger streamer, as a Twitch partner, that you didn't really prepare for? Is, is there anything that has just been like, whether it's growing pains with your community, uh, whether it's the uh, the experience of being live with hundreds of more people in chat than before? Is there one thing or two things that stick out to you that's like, man, I didn't think it was going to be like this.
1: Mm, all right. This is probably going to sound stupid with how much time I have invested in the tech like computers and stuff like that. But the only thing that's that I was not prepared for is how much 500 followers at once will fuck up your OBS. So, you know, like the alerts popping off at at crazy rate. Yeah, getting huge subs, massive raids, Kappa gen on stream elements. You know. Uh, it, it may sound dumb, but I feel like I was really prepared for everything, and hell yeah, I was looking forward to all of it. And I've been, I've been dreaming about this all, all night, and I've been thinking about all these scenarios. Yeah, when I have oh. five hundred people, I'm going to do this and that. So I have mentally prepared for, I would say almost everything, but my streaming PC is just on fire, dude. It's, it's really cannot, <laughs> no, it cannot take what's coming at it. It just does not work. I have this, I have this extension, the stream avatars. You know, it has the, those battle royales and, and stuff like that. It does not work with 500 people. It it, it just, it, it, it doesn't even crash. It just clogs up your CPU to 99.9 to the point where your audio starts crackling. And having that happen to me, being so prepared for, you know, to or... or investing so much time into having good audio mm-hmm. Sadly having a, a sound that's crackling because my cpu is overloaded that's bad man that just really feels like i have failed <laughs> interesting and, Yeah, and right now i'm i'm really starting to put together uh you know the ideas for streaming pc and on how to do things differently because when you're when you're when you're small you can really do a lot of uh you, you, you can give your chat a lot of power. You know, I have, f- for, for example, I have that uh, that trigger fire thing for mm-hmm. channel points. Like, people can control my OBS with channel points. Yeah, it used to be a great idea with 15 people. Yeah. 500, it gets a bit tricky because suddenly things start happening and uh, you just cannot really give the attention to the people. But also, yeah, the the whole technical side of it, the, the conflicts when people start redeeming things at the same time and, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, that, that's always been a big um, mental roadblock for me is implementing those types of things, things that people could redeem with channel points and, and sound effects and Leon board and, and all that stuff, because I, of course, I have the fear of taking those things away later on. And it's not that I fear. It's not that I fear the reaction from the chat of taking those things away I fear that when I take those things away, my content beneath it isn't that good. And with those gimmicks gone, the viewers will also go away. So I've yeah. always not paid any attention to it or try to put any time into it. I've been trying to find out where my best core content is. And then once I figure that out and I'm confident with that, then I'll branch out and, and look at these channel points and these redemptions and like the VIP badges I do a very, very basic thing with. I've just I've been cautious to put so much effort into the gimmicky things, even though they're probably awesome. So many people have a lot of success with it. It creates a lot of chat engagement, but to me, it's a distraction from me making good core content. And yeah. maybe that will be my downfall. That could very much be the reason that I fail, but I, I can't, it doesn't sit well with me, so I just don't pay any attention to it. Yeah, I, I, I
1: hear you, man. That, that is genuinely something that I, do struggle with right now. Because, for example, the, the best example is probably the uh, the thing with push-ups and squats. Like, I've always had that. People can redeem, I don't know, it used to be 500 channel points for five push-ups or something oh like my that. God. Yeah. I, I do that nowadays without cooldowns. I, I'm literally going to die live on Twitch. It's going to be my last stream. So I had to... I'm trying not to take these things away, but make them more valuable. And it's really hard to find the, the spot where people are still willing to invest their channel points or even, I don't know, donations to trigger these things because it's tough. Uh, what I try to do is to create things that are not too distracting. You know, like I have a room cam, like if, if you pay channel points, just a little, a little camera here in the, in the side just pops up and you can see if I'm jerking off or not. <laughs> Well, that's been fun. That's been fun. I do, I do touch my balls quite a lot on streams. I haven't yeah. even... Didn't know. I didn't know. That, was, that is actually something we have talked on my podcast two days ago with two other guys. What we're doing under the table or under the desk that people are not seeing. And it turns a- out that, that I'm not the only one touching my penis. Yeah. No.
0: No, not at all. Um, people always ask me why I wear short cotton shorts. It's so that I can reach up my thigh hole and detach the scrotum from the thigh if I need to. Uh, Do you uh, have an under desk nut fan?
1: A nut fan? Not yet. That, I, I had it. I, you, I, I used
0: to have it. But. okay, good. That's something you should reinvest in because that's. If mm-hmm. anybody is wondering what that is, it's literally a fan that is screwed to the underside of the desk that just blows air on your nuts. And oh, uh, okay.
1: Going into the underside, I didn't think about that. I did have a fan that was on the, on, on the floor, but it didn't really quite reach where I, I wanted to. But yeah, I hear you. That's a, that's a good idea. So
0: it's, it's sitting directly underneath my camera. So it blows, hits the nuts, and then the residual air also comes up. So I can actually feel the air hitting the underside of my chin right now.
1: Not just the air, you also get the smell. So you know if it's <laughs>
0: bad or not. Like,
1: like, can I go see Weenie after the stream or do I have to go shower first? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I what? talk about it a lot because streamers smell bad. They fucking <laughs> it always, do. It always entertains me like crazy when people are watching, you know, a, a very attractive young girl sweating in her sweatpants doing fitness stuff on her streams. What they don't see is the smell. And yeah, not all ladies smell like lilies all the time, boys, especially not after eight hours doing that thing on stream.
0: <laughs> Salmon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sal- Salmon. There was a shit. You just brought up a fantastic point. Uh, oh, again, I'm I'm nutting by how many of our conversations are coming full circle. A yeah. little bit ago, we were talking about Ludwig preparing his streams for recycling content on other platforms. Another thing that I've noticed recently is when your stream is constantly broken up by alerts and raids and raiding messages and, and responding to chat it segments the shit out of your content. And what I realized is I was looking back at my my vods and seeing how much time was being taken up by trying to do little gimmicky skits and and retalii- retaliating to raids and all that stuff. And I was just realizing how much time that I was spending and I'm like, "Man, this this doesn't look good." Like at the time, the one person who submitted the uh, the gifted subs, they're getting the gratification of you responding to it. And then the next person that does it, they're getting that gratification as well. But if you do that four, five, six, seven times over, all of the people who aren't involved in the transaction are just yep. seeing the same, the same thing. And when I was doing it for myself, totally fine. When I was experiencing it in somebody else's chat, I'm like, let's go can we fucking do something stream like provide content and that's something I, I so fought totally,
1: with I totally had that on your stream one time like I really wanted to talk about something I'm pretty sure we're talking audio on that stream and I was like yeah I really have something interesting to say here Nick please read my message in chat and you were like hey man thanks for subs dancing music yep. and all I do that stuff too so I understand why you do that <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fucking get over with it and yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one because that's uh, yeah. that's a real thing. There was, um, you've ever heard of Northern Lion, big big twi- mm. Twitch streamer? May have heard, but not sure right now. So he he does a lot of let's plays, and before he had a webcam, he had no webcam, no alerts, no copyrighted sounds whatsoever, because yeah. he exported full playthroughs over to YouTube, and they actually did really well. He prepared his live content for other platforms before it, even, before it even happened. And for a lot of people, that was a reason to watch. It's just clean, person, gameplay, experience. And that is, that is fucking it. That's a really hard narrative to push with new streamers because they... When you stream to nobody for so long... And you get chat and you get notifications and you get subs. It's like it's so fucking exciting to pay attention to them and to blow them up and to have fun with it. And then you get to a point where like, man, I'm I'm talking to chat so much. I'm reacting so much that my stream is just a a bunch of reacting kind of thing. Um, And to see to look back at my own content and to see that that definitely stung a little bit. But that's why you look back at your content. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's definitely a very valid point. But the way I like to think about it is you're always reacting to something, right? Mm-hmm. If you're playing a game, you're reacting to the game. If you just sit there, like, you, we are, um, even now we're reacting to one another. But if you just sit there and you speak your mind, like, I really like those videos you did, like, what was it, 5 a.m. in the morning? Like, you always turned on the camera and you, you just talked about something. I tried that. Didn't work out, <laughs> but like I feel like that's the only example of when you're not reacting to anything. You're just letting your, you know, thoughts just flow, and you just grab whatever's interesting and you talk about it. But yeah, even if you're playing games, you're reacting to stuff. So yeah,
0: I missed those videos. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed recording those. Um, again, another one of those pieces of content that doesn't really do that well. The people that liked it, I loved that they liked it. But as far as like a common piece of content that I could do consistently. And that was good. Um, it's probably one of those things that would do better if I was a full-time streamer and had a massive audience, but just as a, as a smaller dude, it's not the type of content that's going to mm-hmm. encourage growth really. Cause you're yeah. just another dude talking at that point.
1: Yeah, dude. I, I don't know if, if Czech Republic is behind or ahead with this, but Czech Twitch is all about reactions nowadays. Really? Yeah, I fucking hate it. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know I don't know how it began, but people just it, it seems like the audience just loves seeing you react to cringe shit. They they want to see you hate on something live on on, on the internet. It's, and it's a, it's a, it's a tricky thing because sometimes you say bad things about something you say on the internet and when you say them out loud on Twitch, you may come out as a really big asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So you have to be really careful with that yeah it happens
0: well hey do you want to uh jump into this Q and a answer these questions and then wrap this up
1: are you tired Nick let's no, do this.
0: no. <laughs> are you tired <laughs> not
1: at all man not no. at all
0: i uh I-, I don't want to take up too much of your time like i the oh, fact that we've already you. gone two and a half hours uh, or two hours and fifteen minutes is fucking amazing I I, I I try not to get greedy
1: dude you you're a great host like you really know how to ask questions
0: thank That's- you you're-
1: no you really like I uh, I see so many podcasts and actually you you know that's why I reached out to you back then because that was I really got introduced that, that I'm not ma- making that up I I kind of got introduced to podcasts with you with your crocs and hot pockets I never really listened to podcasts before that I knew they existed I knew that yeah that might be a cool thing to listen to while I'm driving but then I listened to your podcast and I was like hell yeah this is perfect and uh yeah I don't know where I was going with this but yeah, that's why I'm not tired at all because I just, I just, I just love talking to you, man. It's great. It's great. <laughs> oh my god, and, thank you. And also, also, this is—I've been talking to chat about this—that this is what I miss about streaming in Czech. That, dude, you're on the other side of the planet, almost, you know. And that is, I did one podcast with Amer- with, with an American guy a year ago, and it's just mind blowing to me that we can do this. Yeah, you can you can hear me with only like what, 20 millisecond delay. Maybe maybe it's a second. I don't know. It's absolutely crazy.
0: It is. And it's funny you say that, because if somebody were to ask me how well I think I hosted podcasts two years ago, I would say not well at all. I think that I've I've gotten my first two years were like. My first year was bad. It was a terrible terrible podcast. And then things started to change. I started to really understand the value of podcasting and and how to steer conversations. And then I spent a lot of time listening to people talk about how to have a conversation. Like how mm. what questions to ask, when to ask, reading body language um and and trying to learn to navigate. And it it almost sounds like you're conjuring up something it almost seems like it's unnatural but it's how we should be talking to each other instead of one person talking and then the other person waiting for their opportunity to talk i can within the first half an hour of doing a podcast i can tell whether or not it's going to be a great podcast in how they respond to what i say and if they can recall something that was said 30 seconds to 45 seconds ago. So it's always something that I kind of pay attention to and learning how to have a conversation was definitely one of the things that felt like made me good at doing podcasts where uh, I can't show chat right this, but we, I have a script that I shared with Rob and there was eight words on it.
1: There's a lot of drawn penises in that script. I've seen it.
0: (laughs) Why so many cocks? (laughs) What? <laughs> so being able to turn that skill into like a good podcasting skill like okay i know that i want to touch on these five topics but being able to talk for two and a half hours about that was something that i had to learn like over a long period mm-hmm. of time so to hear that you were intrigued two years ago when i was like eh, kind of mediocre uh that makes me feel good so thank you for the compliment oh yeah man and, now, and now you have your own pod take a quick second to talk
1: about your podcast all right, so I wanted to do some kind of podcast ages ago. I've always thought about it. Every time I was in the shower, wipe, wiping my butt cheeks with, with a shampoo or something, I was thinking about this. And I was just like, who's going to listen to my podcast and who's going to come to my podcast? <clears throat> Not like that. <clears throat> if I'm that tiny. So I was always just pushing it aside and I always wanted to do this. And now I kind of do have... A bit of that power, and I can get really interesting people, or, or people who are really interesting to me, and I can get 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 them to talk to me on my on my Twitch. Uh, but I still do invite like other streamers who are even like smaller than me. I don't care about that. I I, I do invite interesting people, and uh, I just yeah I try to be like you, Nick.
0: <laughs> now, are you having conversations about like Twitch and gaming and streaming and all that stuff?
1: Also, but. I did have a guy who's a famous or more like infamous Czech cook. He was like, uh, he had a TV show. He had a cooking TV show and he basically became a meme because he was just cooking weird recipes that were so ahead of their time that nobody got them. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah, he is like a national treasure. Everyone despises him. Like 50% of people hate him. And, you know, he's like that very polarizing person where people hate you and love you. Right. Some people love him because he's hilarious, because he's making up recipes that that sound absolutely disgusting. I don't know if they also taste that way because I'm to try them. But, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I had a guy like that. And uh, uh, I also had a girl who, who's in esports, so games, Twitch, but basically anything interesting. You know, like, I, I like to... I like to talk about things that I don't understand because I want to learn new things. That's why you want to do these podcasts, right?
0: Would you say that your podcast is more of a selfish venture where you are you are reaching out because you have a desire to to learn more or to, to get to know somebody? Or is it more like half and half where you know you want to put on a good show for people and you also want to learn something for yourself?
1: I try to have a guest that's really interesting for, for the people and not necessarily for me every other podcast. I mean, that sounds stupid because I only had, I already had five, five episodes right now, but I try to think about it that way. Like I had uh, an interview with somebody that is really interesting, but I am pretty much like not the important person in this, in, in this conversation. And then every, every, every other stream, I just try to talk with somebody I'd like to talk to. Like we, I just had a podcast with two. What do you do with Bishop? And, uh, <clears throat> what's the, what's
0: the um, middle A stream. That's him. That's okay. So he easily forgettable. It's totally okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to kill me. Thank God he's live right now. <laughs> yeah. No, but
1: seriously, podcasts are an amazing way to network with people because you actually do get to know them a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's something that I always like, it kind of scared me in the beginning where I'm like, well, does this seem like. It's a it's a a grab like I'm trying to just get people to network. But what I found is not only is a podcast a great way to get to know somebody for the beneficial part of it, like the like, oh, this is actually a person that I want to be uh, friends with. It's also sight into if you don't want to continue, like you can actually learn what kind of person they am, how they act, how they talk and go, oh, this is not the person that I thought that I was getting to know and then just uh-huh. never talk to him. That has happened quite a few times to me where I have seen somebody's interactions on Twitter or seen their content and I've liked it. And then I have them on the podcast and go, holy shit, I don't like you. <laughs> and just like <laughs> never talk to them again. And it's it's okay. I mean, you can't fall in sure. love with everybody. Not everybody can be friends. And that's been kind of a cool way to... Build better relationships with people that I love and weed uh-huh. out people that I don't necessarily uh, enjoy. So if you never hear from me again, <clears throat> don't have uh, no hard feelings.
1: It happens. It happens. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I hate you anyways. But <laughs> motherfucker. Uh, uh, what is also a huge benefit for me is that doing this is so fresh for my brain. After eight hours of talking to yourself, Finally, having somebody respond to you verbally is—I feel like we all need that, especially nowadays when you don't have enough social interaction. Like this is this is the best one of the best social interactions that I can get nowadays over, over Discord on the internet. This is how it is. That sucks, but it's true.
0: How how is your country right now? Like COVID status? Are, are oh, do you have, Oh no! Is this a touchy subject? Uh, no,
1: no, 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 not at all. But we are in deep shit right now.
0: Oh, you are? Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like we started out really good. We, 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 we were actually, it, it, it's a running joke that our government was like, we're best in COVID, right? Because we kind of were at the start because we started enforcing some restrictions right away, like the, you know, the masks and stuff like that. But over the course of summer, everything was like, yeah, we're fine. We're not doing anything anymore. This is going to be fine. It's it's going to be easy peasy. And yeah, uh, right now we are all locked down in, not just in the country, but I cannot leave the district almost. Like there is like a radius that I should not be leaving. And if if, if I go five five kilometers, you, you don't have that. You, how much is five kilometers in, uh, uh, in miles? Three miles.
0: I don't know, something yeah. like that. Yep. Or no, uh, and, five uh, yeah, five kilometers is three miles, three and a half miles. All right, all right, got that.
1: So, yeah, like if I go outside of that radio radius, a cop can stop me and find me and send me home.
0: Oh right. my god,
1: yeah, the, the stuff is that serious right here, and, and there's there's a shit ton of videos popping out, and that's a great reaction material for streams. Where cops are arresting people in the streets for, <laughs> you know usually usually not not for not having masks, but for refusing to put them on and you know showing the i d and stuff like that so yeah, currently we are so we have about ten million people population, and we only have about three hundred thousand vaccinated, which is pretty
0: fucking bad wow that's that's fucking crazy um yes. I'm so used to hearing. That other countries are doing better than the United States. It's not often that I hear that another country is doing not uh, I as guess, great.
1: I guess it's you know from state to state in your case, but here it's yeah.
0: Not so good. I'm sorry to hear that.
1: Uh, that's all right. I mean, I have been I've been extremely lucky and uh I mean I don't go outside anyways, I'm fine.
0: <laughs> right, right. Like we're not fucking going anywhere. Fuck you, cops. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it's, but it's not been easy. You know, even like I, I'm relatively fine, but my girlfriend, she hates it. Like she, especially now that we have a, a little kid and you're like, I want to go outside, but at the same time, mm, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of, kind of harder on her. So I try to go even harder.
0: The baby is coming up on a year. She's six months right now. Holy shit. Okay. So very, very, very recent. Um, yeah. I, I was going to ask, I didn't know. I couldn't tell. Due time is just a fucking. It's a mystery. So I'm wondering if there are. Have they approved the vaccinations for? I almost for some reason I almost said wildlife for children for babies. <laughs> like, can you come out of the womb and then just immediately get a, a COVID vaccine? I actually don't know about that.
1: I am pretty sure you can't. I from what I understand, uh, the first one to receive the vaccine are. You know, the elderly, the people who are at high risk of, of dying, and uh, also people in the in the healthcare teachers and stuff like that who get in, in contact with a lot of people. But I feel like kids are kind of underestimated. And uh, I have heard... You know, that that's the most confusing thing about this entire shit is that you hear cases where kids just had a little... You know, I don't know. They were just blowing their nose a bit more. And some of them were in hospital for, for a month. And yeah, so... I'm not taking chances just, just to be on the safe side but Sure. It, it it sucks man, it sucks. It does. It sucks to be scared to to go see your pals, you
0: know. Sucks. We're we're getting there. Hopefully fucking please God we're getting there. Um, all right, yeah. let's uh, we're going to hop into the Q&A. We got three questions and yep. then we can uh, we can wrap this up. So first question is from Game with Grey. What is a reasonable price to pay set aside to pay someone to do such editing things?
1: That is a tough one to answer because the money is entirely different over here. Like I feel like if if I tell you that I pay ten bucks for every video edit to my guys, that's probably a laughable amount of money in
0: the U.S. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, so, but he—he he, if he is in the Czech Republic, I am, I'm going to say 10 bucks for a video is what I'm paying. I'm, I'm like perfectly open about this. I yeah. want to pay more because I know that it's not enough. But yeah. that is what I can pay currently. And, and the guys, because the guys are also part of the community, they are very grateful for even getting anything. And uh, it, it just, you know, it's, yeah, it, it's tough because every time I try to set a price on somebody's work, I always ask myself, how much would I like to have for mm-hmm. that work? And I hate editing videos. So I always ask crazy money for that. But if I were to pay everyone $1,000 for a video, yeah, I'd probably go bankrupt real fast. So. <laughs> I
0: I'm, I love being open about this stuff too. And the, the editor skill level is going to come into play here. I think the average going rate for an experienced video editor is on the low end, $40 to $60 an hour hour for like mm. a experienced skilled video editor um ranging all the way up to 150 to 200 an hour now not everybody who is going to be you know not only does twitch content not need a lot of editing especially if you're just doing like twitch clip compilations or trimming podcasts um, but there are not a lot of people who are willing to do that money are, are charging that much so like rob said you can get people in the community that are willing to help you for free. Any amount of money that you can give on top of that is just going to be so fucking appreciated. And if you can find somebody that's like, hey, I want to help you do editing. And then you're like, great, I don't have much. And you guys can agree that you're not a millionaire and you can't afford 20 30 $40 an hour. You can make it work. It's it's hard to find that person. Um, I've been through a lot of people that have offered to help edit and it, it can be a weeding process for sure. Um, But I, how can I put this? Mm, It's all about finding the right person. I I, I definitely don't think setting a dollar amount on it is the way to, to find an editor. So like for my (laughs) editors, I pay them $12 an hour. And for the most part, the editors that I have or editors that I've had in the past um, are have been like intermediate skill level. They, they know how to edit videos. They know about audio and video, but they've uh, they've come forward saying, I'm new to this. I'm learning. I can't charge you thirty dollars an hour. If you're willing to take average work, I'm willing to take average pay. And then as time goes on and they get better and you grow that, that a dollar amount is going to increase. But I think if you're upfront and if you say, Hey, I'm willing to pay somebody 12 to $15 an hour to edit videos. I think that's a good amount for an average editor, but you got to make sure that
1: that's what they you, you are. Got, you, you got to shut up. Nick. They're going to ask more money now. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, this is us dollars. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. There's a difference. I, I feel like the money in the U S is like double the value. Or like is that the other way around? Uh never mind. Uh the, the, the most important thing you said is probably that there is a difference if the person reaches out to you that, hey, I want to edit your videos, or you just, you know, put up a Twitter that you're looking for an editor, for mm-hmm. an editor. If you're if you are actively searching for somebody to edit your videos, you should probably be prepared to pay the fair wage. But if they want to do this editing thing for you. They will probably be able to settle down for less. But yeah, I, I do feel bad about it. I want to pay more. <laughs> no, but that's, you, you know,
0: as long as you have that conversation with the person on the other yeah. end, the dollar amount, it doesn't fucking matter. It's all about that mutual understanding. I understand you're not a professional. You understand that I'm not a millionaire and just have that. As, as soon as I get into a conversation with somebody about editing work, it's let's talk about money. How how much are you looking yeah. for? Is what I'm willing to pay good enough? And then, whenever you feel uncomfortable or you feel like you're underpaid, we need to have a conversation. And that conversation is going to end oh, in I can afford to pay you more, or we have to part ways. No hard yep. feelings. Business is business, and um, it's it's going to depend on the person. So, in my opinion, and this is somebody who's coming from a non professional video editor who doesn't know the business all that well. I think a minimum of ten dollars an hour is like. It's like, good. You could go all the way down to five, six, seven, or you could go a little bit above, but that area, I think for an average skilled person is plenty Um, and everybody's going to be different and you just kind of have to kind of play it by ear. Um, And it also depends on the work, like uh, Twitch clip compilations. I'm creating the content, I'm clipping the content and I'm sending you the clips and you're just stitching them together. Is that $40, $40 an hour worth of work? Now, if they are doing edits, zooms, sound effects, audio, if they're good at mastering, if they're color grading, all different things that come into play as well. Um, But case Mm -hmm. by case basis. Definitely agree. Um, Next question. I think from I think the name is Zerit, Z-E-R-Y-Y-T. I'm so sorry. That's
1: the guy editing my videos on YouTube. Oh, shit. Well.
0: Uh his question is: How would you rate his team? Um, I don't know if that's when we were talking about stream teams or not.
1: Oh, holy shit! Uh, I don't know. Wait, do, do, do you think he means like my team?
0: Um, I don't know if he meant your team, like of you and your editors, or or if he was talking about stream teams. I have no idea. He said Rob's oh, yeah. team.
1: He says Rob's team. So, well, I mean, I'm. Ins- I have to say that. You know when I when I started out, when in, in that first month, when suddenly I had ten times the amount of viewers that I used to have, uh, there were a few people who reached out to me early, and they were like, "Hey, I want to help you out." And I have to say that I was extremely lucky that all of those people are still with me three three months after that, and I fucking love them, man, because I I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing without them. So. I fucking love you. And I hope one day I'm going to buy you a freaking mansion. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is this a uh, check stream team? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this brings up a fantastic point. And um, the gentleman that you forgot about earlier, middle-aged stream, he joined a stream team and his content was so niche. And he joined a stream team that further enabled that niche and put him in contact with people that already enjoyed his type of content and it worked out for him he's not a part of that stream team anymore and that's another conversation but in that aspect when you are a certain type of streamer with the targeted piece of content and you join a stream team that doesn't require anything of you that enjoys putting together events that include the team and it is a team that is focused on your niche as well It can be mutually beneficial. And regardless of whether you're on that team or not, um, it can be great. In your aspect, finding a team that is in your country, that is the same speaking language, there isn't much that you can do that will separate you from that team. Like, you're a Czech streamer, you speak the language, you already are a good fit, and it could be very beneficial. But again... 1%. 1%. Like your experience with that stream team to fit all of those parameters, very very small chance. So, I'm glad to hear that you've uh, you've got a good stream team.
1: I do, man. I do. I do. And uh yeah, just just out of curiosity, did you ever have more than one editor at the same time?
0: Yes, I actually have uh I technically have three. So right now I have one that just does podcast related stuff. Um, I just brought on another guy to help me with TikTok content and for like little meme shits for Twitter and stuff. And then I have a third dude who helps me out with making like After Effects graphics and stuff like that. He refuses to accept money because that's just the guy that he is. I've tried. Um, I also have another dude who's made emotes for me. His name is Zonger. He's made emotes. He's made GIF emotes. As soon as I say... Give me your PayPal address. He ghosts me. He'll just he'll be in chat talking for three hours. I'm like, hey Zonger, can I pay you some money? He'll just disappear. He just he just leaves. It's fucking impossible. Holy
1: shit! I need that guy in my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey,
1: I'm, I, I still haven't made the the emotes ever, ever since I got partnered. I I still only have like six emotes. I have like sixteen slots now empty.
0: <laughs> hey. I <Fucking hate> <laughs> I I'm the same way to where like I ignore. I still don't have anything for channel points. I have the basic. Default channel point things. Um, But it it comes, there are some times where I have to tell the editors, please don't work. I don't have money to pay you. Like I have to tell them to not edit because being totally open, my monthly revenue from Twitch is usually anywhere from 100 to $300. My reoccurring costs is 170. So I'm actually spending more personal money just to, pay for different services to maintain streaming. And I'm always up front with my editors. I'm all I'm like, Hey, by the way, this is how much I make a month. And so I, there's only so much money that I have to work with. And that also, yeah. I think if you're open about it um, again, not everybody likes just discussing how much money they make, but I think if you're open about it, it makes it easier to find people that will, that will work with you. Totally. Totally.
1: Yeah. Last- I, I, I do have like four guys currently. I, I, I feel like, It's much more sustainable to have more people do less videos. than Because, dude, I don't think there's a lot of people who can deal with editing videos four hours a day and, you know, plus going through the content and everything. So, yeah, I I feel like the more people you have, the better. But it's nice to have somebody who's in charge somehow or or, who who can, like, micromanage, you know, so you don't have to talk to everyone separately all the time because that's crazy.
0: And some people have different strengths and some people yeah. might have strengths that are more in line with your brand or your, like your, your uh-huh. humor or your vibe. And that, that comes into play as well. Yeah,
1: sure. I, I just got a guy who can do hilarious gaming montages. I, I, I always thought that gaming clips are shit, that they're not entertaining when I'm gaming. And today he uploaded the first video and I'm like, holy oh shit, I'm funny. That's great. Yeah. you're hired. <laughs> yeah totally
0: fucking zonger there he is with one of the gif emotes he created he took bozo made a peepo frog and made him fucking dance god damn it let me pay you zonger it's a hot emote i love it uh next question from Adam talon other than stream teams are there groups out there to join that are a good resource more for advice and resources rather than helping watching etc at your stream
1: Yeah. Okay. There's definitely the stuff like terminals.io, you know, all these websites where you can join, you just put your numbers in there. And it's basically an influencer market where companies can come and they're like, Hey, okay, you have 10 average viewers. We would like to promote our indie game and you can get early keys for games. You know, that's, that's a no brainer. Just get yourself out there. How many are there? Help me out. There's terminals. There's uh, holy shit. I actually don't don't
0: know. know. I've never used any of them.
1: Really okay. There, there's like three really good websites where you can just log in. I mean, I mean, you just re- register your account, you put your metrics in there, or they automatically d- automatically uh, take them from Twitch, and you just get you get offers okay. automatically. And you can be relatively small and still get free keys. Keymailer, yeah, that's 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 one of them. What Weenie says. So that's definitely a no-brainer. Get yourself out there, and. Um, Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, there's definitely groups that help with tech. There's a lot of Discord channels that Adams comes to mind. Harris has a really good Discord channel when it comes to audio. And uh, yeah, being being on these Discord servers can really help you out. Because, you know, there's people who can answer your questions and you can also meet people who can somehow be really important to you. Yep. Yeah, those, those two come to mind.
0: I would say um, it depends on what you're looking for in a resource. So there are plenty of people that will advertise their discord as being like a streamer hub or like a place to network and a place to grow. You can share your stream here. You can brainstorm. Those discords are completely meaningless. The resources that you want to build are places that you can go to ask questions and get answers to. Like, you should never be looking for a Discord where you can post your link, look for people to collaborate with. Like, those should be the last things on your mind. You will find people to collaborate with as time goes on. As you keep streaming, as you keep creating content, you will find the people you vibe with. You will create content with them and and go that way. What Rob just said is very important. Finding streams like Alpha or Discords like Alpha Gaming, ePostfox, Epostfox for a technical resource, Alpha Gaming, you know, you can do both technical and ask questions about like logistical things about streaming. Like, should I have a starting soon screen? What should I have as a Be right back screen? Um, there are a lot of channels like that. Um, Gaming Careers, Epostfox, Alpha Gaming. Um, podcast maybe. Podcasting too, as well. Like, yeah, finding um, a podcast <laughs> that focuses on having conversations that encourage uh, advice and encourage like educational content. Those are definitely a plus. So, if you're looking for that kind of resource, that's what my answer would be. Um, and I would tell you to stay away from any place that promotes growing as a group or being a, a team of people that's going to grow. Yeah, it's just, it's not that gonna doesn't
1: get you out. anywhere. I don't think I ever got like one viewer from those groups. I was in one. And it was just streamers. Nobody watched anyone else. <laughs> Why? Why would you? But one thing came to mind, and uh, we didn't really mention that in the, whole, in the whole podcast, and that's Reddit, man. I think I got most people come to my stream from Reddit.
0: From, because, like, live stream fails Reddit?
1: I actually was never. I don't know if I should be happy or sad, but I was never on live stream fails. I never put anything there myself. But if you, like, say you're playing a game and you're playing it very often, be part of that subreddit. Because if you post content there, and it's good, people will upload the shit out shit out of that, and there will be people coming to your streams. I, I had a very lucky Reddit post with uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and I also got that game early, and I got like 1,000 upvotes, and I did have a lot of people coming from that. That was great.
0: Okay. That was always um, another reason why I switched off of gaming content, is because... I never. I love video games. I think I anger people when I don't care about any of the lore. Like when I get into playing Fallout or Witcher or some long RPG, and people are like going into libraries and opening every single book and reading it and getting stats. Like I don't give a shit about any of that. Like I just want to shoot shit. I want to cut people open. Uh, you know. I want to like uh, first-person shooters. And so like gaming. And building a story or building content around being an entertaining gamer was never my strong suit because I didn't care about video games to that level. In the same way where I could never be a Battlefield streamer, I could never be a Battle Royale streamer, I could never be even a Rocket League streamer, which I fucking love, because I can't surrender my entire life to one video game. But Mm -hmm. for the people that can do that, there's a really good chance that you'll hit some success on Twitch because if you obsess yourself with the game, the lore, the mechanics, you get involved with subreddits, you have podcasts about the game, you have YouTube content about the game, you have TikTok content about the game. Those are all things that just all feed back to you and your brand. And I I knew this, again, being uh, ignorant and arrogant. Years ago I said, I'm never going to be a successful video game streamer. But I just kept playing video games over and over yeah. and over. Yeah. And uh, so that's, I think, a, a huge part. And I'm glad that you said that. You're know, Getting involved in the subreddit for the game, making yourself known, becoming the authority of that game or that genre. And that could definitely help kind of scoot things forward for you.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. I've always envied this. That if, if there's a guy who just plays one game, he's really good at it, and he can stream it all day long. He'll, he enjoys the game enough that he wants to play it every day man, I'm so fucking jealous of that guy. Yeah. But I sadly never really, I never really found a game that I enjoyed more than a month, honestly. I had a couple of games that were really good, but, uh, I mean, this is nothing, not, not, nothing to do with the question, but the a very sad part of being a variety streamer is that you play the game, you get, I don't know, 1,000 followers, you get 50 viewers, you, you're done with the game. 95% of those people are never coming back again and if you do this for 2 to 3 times you're fine but you do that for the 20th time you know if you, your heart is broken for the 20th time when those friendly faces don't come back it's fucking taxing man it's it's like you you need a the therapy yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not fun.
0: therapy should be required if you're a, if you're a Twitch streamer <laughs> Oh, yeah yeah and that can um if you're not good at making like some people will only come around for the game, but you have to be really fucking good to make them come back when you're not playing that game and to enjoy you mm. and, and to have them as a, as a viewer outside of that, uh, out of that one game. And that, that could be a punch to the gut as well. Yeah, really for sure. I I, I did
1: switch to just chatting. I am just chatting 70% of the time now. Are you? Being, oh, really? Yeah, I I did. That, that was probably, I, I I don't think I said that, uh, that was another big change. I was already doing this in my English streams for a bit, but I didn't feel like it worked that well. And also, I just felt like I, you know, it's really hard to constantly have something to say if you're doing this every day for hours. It's, it's, it's hard to say new stuff, come up with new shit. The, the best I could do was open some news on the internet and just like react to what's, what's happening, gaming stuff and stuff like that. But now I can sit in just chatting for six hours and I, I, I will just not shut up. And that is amazing. That is yep. amazing.
0: That's it's something that I always notice in my stats. Start the stream, first half hour, 45 minutes, certain amount of viewers, as soon as I would play the game. And I looked yep. at that same stat for years and years. And years, I'm like, I don't want to I don't want to do just chatting. I want to play video games like that's what I've been aiming to do. Um, And now I finally swallowed that pill and and we're trying it out. And I am somebody who I could start a stream planning to play a game and then talk for two hours like just and it doesn't doesn't have to be about a particular thing you just get on a roll, you start going, chats jerking off, everybody's jerking off and you just go. And it's just it's a yep. super great time and I love the randomness, the authenticity and the relationship building that happens during those streams because when I'm gaming, chat is 20% of my mind. When I'm just chatting, it's like 90% of my mind. I feel yeah. like I can yeah. actually build um decent parasocial relationships with people. I feel like I can I bring more value when I'm actually engaging with them, not when I'm pretending to be funny playing Cyberpunk, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Totally. What what really did help me a lot, what I think was my best content was in just chatting and something that could involve people like there's that I did rip off Ludwig quite a bit. He's been playing a lot of, like, these website games, higher-lower games, when people can gamble their points. Stuff where you can involve people, like, or rating setups. It's, it's a completely fucking stupid thing that I, I'm kind of tired with right now. But people love sending you pictures of their setups and you rate them. It's great, great stuff. Interesting, okay. I mean, people have been doing this for 10 years, but they're still not tired of it somehow. (laughs)
0: Maybe (laughs) we (laughs) should start
1: to rate my toilet or rate my fridge or something like
0: that. Well, my dude, we are just about to cross the three-hour mark, and that is the end of the Q&A. So, unfortunately, that is also the end of the podcast. So, if you want to take a quick, hot minute, reintroduce yourself to anybody that might not know you, feel free to talk about anything that is upcoming, any podcast episodes, any planned streams, whatever you got, feel free to sell out. Now's the chance
1: thank you so much for the valuable internet space nick i really appreciate you having me here thank you everyone who's been listening and, and who's listening right now offline maybe uh my name's rob i do stream in czech so unless you speak czech you don't really need to stop by my streams but <laughs> if you need help with microphones if you need help with audio and you would like to maybe uh get a plugin that can make your sound make your mic sound a bit better you can stop by my website neverdieaudio.com where you can get my plugin for 15 days. It's completely free for 15 days. After 15 days, it starts making noise. Please be aware, be aware of that. And if you need help with audio, you can drop into the Discord of Speechy, you know, the plugin. And you can ask questions about, about audio. And I, I, I actually love helping people out with audio. So that is probably the best I can do right
0: now. <laughs> any, any planned um, podcast coming up? Anything you want to shout out?
1: Uh, not really. I, I, I don't even have my guest yet. Okay. I suck
0: at that. <laughs> <laughs> dude, trying to planning guests is it's a pain. lot of it's pain. It's yeah. a lot of work. It takes planning and then preparing for said podcast with that particular guest is also it can be extremely taxing. Um, so, dude, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you not only taking the time out of your day, but taking the weekend. Uh, our our time difference right now is probably 11 o'clock for you right now. It's 11 right now. Word. Okay. So plenty of time to watch some check apartment streams if you want to before you go to bed. Um, and again, I know um, being a boyfriend and a dad is taxing in itself. And so you've taken that time out of your day to spend it here with me, providing some good conversation for the community. I appreciate it.
1: It was sweet, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: You're very welcome. All right, uh, everybody, uh, post in chat really quick. So anybody that wants to follow you, they can just click on your name and give you a follow. Uh, Rob dies a lot on Twitter as well. I forgot to prepare the command that had all your social media stuff in it. Yeah. Suck him. All right, my dude. Well, um, I am going to we're gonna I'm gonna stream a little bit after this. So I'm gonna say goodbye yeah. to you. Kick your ass from the call and uh, I'm sure we'll talk again soon.
1: I will kick my ass out of here, but before that, I also wanted somebody asked this in, in, in chat and about those tattoos, dude. That like that's that's kind of a kind of an uncanny valley kind of thing, because I, I knew that he had a dragonfly on your forearm. And I did not know that it is it's probably for the same reason that we both love the same band. that's what made me like you a lot more
0: (laughs) you know what's crazy too is that my our tattoos are opposite so mine could fit inside yours
1: yeah that's holy fucking shit
0: nick you complete me (laughs) let's get inside each other
1: get inside
0: (laughs) that was actually something i didn't realize until this podcast i'm like oh my god i could be inside him yeah i didn't think about that that's crazy (laughs) <laughs> this this is why we podcast. All right, dude, thanks so much for coming. Right. I'll catch you later. Yep. Enjoy the stream kiddos. Bye-bye. Come on. Yay! Thank you very much for checking out this episode of the Crocs and Hot Pockets podcast. If you would like to catch the show live, it airs on Twitch on my channel at twitch.tv slash snackers at 9 PM. Every single Sunday. If you would like to check out the most recent episode of the podcast, you can probably click this little box here. And if you feel like checking out some of our highlights, You can maybe click this little box down here. And maybe I'll even put a little thing for you to click right here. No?
1: Bye.